Coming to you from the Strings and Things studio in Ventura, California, this is the Strings Unraveled podcast. July. Happy July, everybody. Ooh, We're in the middle wow. of summer and it feels like it. <laughs> yep. it's, it's not so bad today, but it's definitely hot um, in Fillmore. It's yep. a little gloomy here in Ventura, but I'm happy for that because that means I can come here and hide. It's and... humid out here. Though. Yeah, it's a little humid today. Yeah. Muggy for sure. Yep. Threat I mean, of... not Florida, but. Threat of thunderstorms. Actually. Yeah, I heard that. We're having a pretty humid summer. Yeah. Because we've had days that are like. 70% humidity and I happened to be looking at something for Nashville Tennessee on Sunday and it was only 40% humidity in Nashville oh. Tennessee Ooh. I think it was higher humidity in Ventura that day yeah I'm, I've been having better hair me. days because of it so well, yeah, I'm okay with that bad. <laughs> <laughs> for those of us who are curly haired that's like a good thing it has felt like it because I have been sweaty lately <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ding ding <laughs> uh, well who wants to start with what they're working on um karen doesn't she wants to go last so yeah. we'll let her go last <laughs> i am of course working on tons of things but i'm actually been very focused this month because i'm trying to finish something to wear this weekend and um, we're going to uh san francisco and we're gonna see an oakland a's game so i had this yarn that when i swatched it up <laughs> it's like oh well i'll have to wear that to an a's game mm -hmm. it's a uh, I'm making Andrea Mowry's Velicor, which came out last spring because I, I bought the pattern in March and I think I bought it right when it came out. Um, it is three colors. I'm using for my main color a self-striping. I, I don't know the yarn company. This was gifted to me. And I had 200, or, yeah, 200 grams, two balls. And I think I have, I think they're 460 grand, um, or yards per 100 grams. So I got plenty of this yarn. Yeah. It's orange and yellow and white and green, like a springtime yellow green. And it's supposed to be self-striping after a cantaloupe. Oh, okay. Uh, so that really It's very citrusy, works. but I could see yeah. cantaloupe. Yeah. Um, maybe this isn't the cantaloupe one. I have another one that's similar that's cantaloupe. Uh -huh. This one might be the citrusy one. <laughs> oh, well, it, it's it could go either way. <laughs> yeah, it could go either way. Um, so anyways, it's cute. It's not my usual colors. Um. And then I have a dark green that was a, uh, oh, I don't remember what yarn company this is. It's a really good yarn company. Mm, it's really it's yummy. It's a pretty green. We got it at Anna Kappa. We only carried like one or two colors by this company. Tough know. Love is their sock yarn. Oh. oh um, yeah. It wasn't that Yarn Love? Nope. Tough no, Love. No. I'll look it it's up. Old, Keep it's older. Yeah. Um, and then I'm using like. I don't know what this other one is. Um, so my green is that yummy. It's a silk blend. It has like a really sweet pretty. Sweet Georgia. Yes, it's sweet Georgia. Oh, that it's is a good some yarn. kind of silk blend from them. Um, that's gorgeous. This perfect green. That's absolutely me. And then this is like a charcoal. I think this is Patton's Croy. Mm -hmm. um, so this is taking a lot longer than I expected. It's a slip stitch pattern? It's a slip stitch pattern where you do like a little cable in the main color. So there's these bars of a micro cable going all the way up. It's a five stitch repeat. So the repeat's very easy. It's on size three needles. Um, it's just taking a really long time. That's, that does sound like it would take <laughs> a, a long it's time. It's a sleeveless top. So I was like, I will be done with this in no time. Uh -huh. But um, each 
set of the pattern repeat, which is um, 24 rows, takes me about four to four and a half hours. <laughs> so are you, so you like? It? I don't know. We'll see. The game's on Saturday. It's a good project to knit while you're there. Right. I have other things I can wear. Um, every once, and it might be that every once in a while, the high school student in me is revolting because though the A's are a beloved team of my husband's family and I'm kind of in that camp now, um, I mean, I'm definitely in the camp of my husband's family, yeah. <laughs> but of being an A's fan. <laughs> they finally accepted you is what you're saying. I guess. Well, that's a different story, but yeah. Okay. Sure. sure. Um, my high school rival, these are their colors. Ooh. And so I think every once in a while I kind of stop and reject it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I love it. I mean, it's, it's going well and it's really pretty. I'm going to make another one um, in more my colors, which I have like a aqua blue and a navy and a copper. Mm. Um, so the aqua will be where the self-striping is and the navy will be where the green is and the copper will be a stripe every um, few rows. Nice. Um, so I am looking forward to that one because it, it's a fun pattern. And if I didn't have a deadline, I would just like merrily work away and then be so happy when it was suddenly done. Uh huh. Thank God it's sleeveless. Yeah. Right. Uh, then I set almost everything aside so that I could have fidelity with this pattern. Um, but I'm also working up another stripes also by Andrea Mowry. Mm -hmm. um, I like to kind of, I'm going to make a lot of her things, but I don't like working on two of her things at the same time. I need a little more variety in, okay. in my knitting life. Yeah. Not because there's anything wrong with her patterns. It's just. Is your writing similar for all of her patterns or, do you, or is there some variety? Um, I mean, these two patterns are super different. So. I mean, all of her yoke down sweaters kind of have the same verbiage. So if you compared um, the one we all did that kind of introduced us to her, the fade with, um, so faded, I guess, uh -huh. with the stripes, it's not too different and kind of, they're both actually basically very simple sweaters. <laughs> um, they're actually both essentially striped sweaters. <laughs> Just with a little more. Yeah, know. a little more planning. Sure. Uh Anyway, there's, it's not a it's not a dig on Andrea Mowry. It's just like, oh, I like to have a little more variety. <laughs> yeah, knitting two sweaters by the same designer at yeah. the same time. I swear I am. Okay, wait. I was gonna say I'm not a fan girl. That's a lie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, then I'm also making crocheting two dog blankets. Oh. Ask me why I'm crocheting two dog blankets. Why, would you why two are dog you blankets? making dog blankets? Oh, because I have two new doggies. <gasps> oh, uh, their names are Yuki and Doug. Um, we changed Doug's name from something else, which was not a good dog name. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, but he's Doug after um, the F dog. Uh, my name is Doug. Oh, uh, I yeah. just met you and I love you. <laughs> oh, okay. Because I wasn't going to say, what's up, dog? <laughs> well, he also had to come home with a cone of shame. Oh, so it was sort oh, of shame. a no duh. Um, <laughs> So uh, they are very lovely animals. Um, to me, they are small to mid-sized dogs because all my dogs have been They look like big than, dogs. <laughs> they're technically large dogs. <laughs> uh, they weigh like 45 to 50 pounds, each of them. That's, That's a, big dog. a big dog. <laughs> but my um, last two dogs have been over 100 pounds, so they seem like small dogs to me. <laughs> um, 
So I'm making them granny stripe blankets. One of them is all white and one of them is all black. So I'm making white. One of the dogs is all white and one of the dogs is all black. Is that what you're saying? Or the blanket? Well, then I'm making the blankets to match them. Got it. (laughs) But that got very boring. Right. (laughs) So I bought some self-striping to work in the granny stripes pattern. Can I ask how you're going to keep the white dog on the white blanket and the black dog on the black blanket? (laughs) Well, they are crate trains. Oh, there you go. So their, their blankets will go in their crates. And, um... (laughs) <laughs> we we like them both and we think that they might like each other they started in the same household which is why we were able to adopt both of them at the same time uh-huh. um and yuki came home and she was like full of love and so happy and just love love loving on us and so happy to be at our house it seemed and then we're like she's gonna be so great she's gonna be so happy when we bring her brother home yeah because uh-huh. he wasn't fixed he was an unaltered man which uh-huh. is very weird to me that she was fixed and he was not, and they were living in the same household. Yeah. Uh, so we bring Doug home, and it was not the beautiful reunion that we thought it Uh-oh. would be. It wasn't bad. It just was like, oh, oh you, <sighs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> kind of like she thought maybe she was going to be an only dog. She was getting away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, I get all uh, the attention. You brought him with oh, you. Him. And he is kind of a jealous boyfriend. So there's a lot of like, you know regulating that she still gets the loves yeah cute and then since we're going to the saves game um i am making kevin two a's button down shirts nice one is almost finished but i'm not throwing it in my finished category because i still need to do buttonholes and buttons tonight yeah so it's not done yet it's not it is not done cool and the other one's gonna get mostly sewn tonight well there you go um, well, I am working on a sweater called the Everyday Cardigan. I think it's from Sorella.com. Uh, it's a free pattern for a crocheted cardigan that's very basic. Um, I'm currently teaching the Garden Cardi as a class, and it's been fun and successful. And so this is going to be a different crocheted cardigan. I'm not 100% committed to teaching it as a class just yet because I want to try and get through the pattern first just to make sure there's no, like, blaring, you know, things to watch out for because it is a free pattern and sometimes I find that free well crochet patterns and knitting patterns but sometimes they're the last one wasn't um scaled very well as far as sizing goes so I want to try and get this done in my size so I can see if it looks like reasonable to teach um so the body of it's done the hemline ribbing of it is done um I still need to do the edging around the neckline and put the sleeves on but it's basically like three rectangles and tubes for the sleeves that you sew on um so i just started a sleeve right now i'm doing some crochet ribbing and um using a yarn from michael's whatever their brand is uh it looks really soft it is it's nice you can feel it it's called cotton cream or cream cotton or something and it is um let me oh it's it's very soft yeah it's a nice yarn um it's a good name for it creamy they still make the yarn but i don't think they make that color anymore all of the colors are kind of babyish that they have right now but i bought it last year and i bought four balls for a different project and i was like oh i have this this will work for that but i can only find three balls i know there's a fourth one because i bought four i looked so I'm going to have to like dig out my closet and see if I can find ball number four. Cause I think I'm going to need it. I just started my third ball and I have two sleeves in the neckline to do. So I don't think I'm going to make it. No, I think I'll you need, need the fourth, fourth one. <laughs> um, 
so I'll have to go home and look for it. I've kind of put off doing it because I just haven't wanted to, you know, tackle that. So I get um, it. I'm working on that, and it's really the only thing I've been working on for the last week or so because I'm trying to get it done. Um, and I have a knitted top that I'm working on called Jesse's Girl. Oh, that's um, cute. I know some uh, customers have made it, or one in particular that I know of has made it maybe a couple times. And it's a sport weight garter stitch t-shirt. Very simple. Um, the yarn I'm using is from Forbidden Fibers. I think it's Proverbs is the yarn. It's like mm-hmm. a What's that cotton, cotton linen maybe blend. Ooh. I bought it for a different project, but then I thought, oh, this would be good for that. And it's a green color. And I don't remember what the name of the color is, but it's green. It's like a plant name or like a flower or something. I don't It doesn't matter. Um, I'm not very long, far along on it. It's bottom up. I don't have it with me, but it's, um, I'm only just into the body. Garter stitch in the round? Yeah. Um, but that's all I'm really working on right now as far as like yarny stuff. Um, I had a couple quilts I was working on, but I'm going to talk about them in the next segment. All right. So Karen, now it's your turn. Okay. So, things in progress. I'm still doing a test, started a test knit for Tina Say, and I don't know if we were just talking about last time. Yeah, we talked about it. We didn't talk like, about um, it publicly. tiny needles. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> what well, size is yours? <laughs> um, well, I'm doing the size 5, which is like a, the larger size range. Um, and to get gauge, uh, the gauge that we needed on fingering. It's not fingering? No. Yeah. Yeah, it is fingering. Of six stitches to the inch, I had to go to like a one, two and a half. <laughs> I'm doing what? a sweater really? on a two and a half. For six stitches? That's crazy. I usually need a four. Um, I mean, usually, usually I get five stitches to the inch on a four. Hmm. Well, so you might be the loosest knitter of the group then. I didn't used to be loose. I started off <laughs> super tight. Well, it's not a criticism. No, I've just sort of chilled a lot over over the last almost twenty years yeah. of knitting. Um but that I've got I'm almost ready to separate I'm doing the yoke. There's a lot of slip stitching and there's a high contrast. Um and and a little bit of cable so that your slip stitches move and kind of cross um really, really well. Anyway, I like how after you, after you take the um word as you take the sleeves off you'll do the body for about an inch and then you're going to go back and finish off the sleeves smart <laughs> okay I like because then you do it because then you're doing the sleeve with they're just short sleeves for one thing then you know you've got plenty to finish off the sleeves that's nice and um then you're not trying to do the small circumference of a sleeve with the weight of the whole body on it nice so that's and excellent. it's because it's top down um it's it's really fun construction the way the increases are integrated into it's like mm-hmm. a garter stitch but because it's in the round you're knitting around purling around mm-hmm. knitting around uh with slip stitch it or when you purl the opposite color you're doing a lot of slip stitching and it, the space at the neck the, the spaces between them grow it's kind of fun anyway that's going to be called floating magnolias it's going to come out in probably another month uh i am working on a pineapple quilt top it's a foundation paper piecing it's one that I started and I'm just need a cup. I just need like two more squares and then I'm done with this quilt top. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Which is good because nothing like having class samples as a motivation to finish things or at least to keep working on them. Sure. 
Um, I realized I had, I had start made it with a jelly roll of what's called Monkey Business by Tula Pink. Um, and somewhere in the process of making making it, I must have used some of my Monkey Business, you know, jelly roll strips for mm-hmm. something else because I'm kind of short. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, well. And of course, they don't carry that anymore. But the great thing about Tula Pink is that all of her, all of her, um, fabric pretty much goes together yeah. so i just picked up some of the curiouser and curiouser yeah, to work on cool that she always works in the same the color palette um, color palette like she has this personal palette and she's always sampling from it and it could be a light rainbow or a dark rainbow um i am gonna work i'm working on a new jelly roll rug because i want to do a class but the one i ha- i made before is at home and has been well used mm-hmm. so i'm like oh I need to bring that either I did wash it so it does look nice so I can get pictures of a finished project but at the same time I need I would need to make a new one so I'm going to actually wanna walk people to the bathroom to show the sample that's in the bathroom I'm that's not the oval one no I oh you're doing an oval yeah I'm doing the oval one rather than the just the strips but I'm doing it in solids which I almost <laughs> never do fabrics in solids but um I know you're gonna be shocked what colors of Kona Solid would Karen be using? Yellow, orange, yeah, um, pink, chartreuse. Uh, um, you're not red. wrong. Red, <laughs> red, lots of red. You're not wrong about that chartreuse. Well, I was going towards yellow, but like I knew I was dipping into your usual. Color. <laughs> Whatever, <laughs> it's ombre blues and teals. What, what? else? <laughs> that is so not Karen. Shocking. No, no, it's Kona Solid. That's where my variation comes from. It's not the same. I swear. <laughs> It's I something love, different. It's new. <laughs> but Kona it's Kona. It, you know the quality of Kona mm-hmm. as a solid because, oh, okay, technically, well, and I'll say it for the, another seg- for the next segment because there's a bunch of stuff I did that are in the finished column. But... Oh, you had a productive month. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> it wasn't a fun project, though. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, those, and then I do have something in my hands, but I don't want to talk about it because by the time we are ready to do she's, the next segment, it'll be done. She's working sure? on something. I'm going to talk really fast. I have <laughs> a good number of things that I have finished and I can talk for a long time if you need me to. <laughs> I don't absolutely, have absolutely. I don't have very much finished. So I, I'll, I guess I'll go then. Are I'll you done just... with all your things you're working on? Yes. Okay. okay. Uh, I finished two Ogden Cami hacks. So Ogden oh. Cami is true bias, I think. True bias uh, or is it Helen's Closet. It's not Helen's Closet. Oh, okay. Actually, and as we say it, I feel more conviction that it's true bias. Because it's the same as um, Shelby Romper. Um, It's like one of their older first patterns, I think. And um, it's very, very popular. It's just a simple camisole. I think I've probably talked about it in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, They expanded the sizes last year, so that's nice. Um, And there's a few... I, I don't follow the Ogden Cami hashtag on Instagram. I follow the Ogden Cami hack. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what it looks like. You yeah. want to see what else it can do. Yeah. So uh, a lot of people do this, and I've made one before. I've talked about it last 
um, probably May or June's podcast. But anyway, you just make the camisole and then you add a tiered skirt to it, <laughs> which is oh. two of my favorite things. So I wore that on Saturday. You probably saw. I yeah, saw that hack. It, it was yeah. fantastic. Um, it was actually meant to be kind of like an autumnal fall dress because it was all the fabric that is left from last year's Halloween fabric at Joanne's. There was like oh, okay. nothing left by the time I was in the mood to buy Halloween fabric <laughs> for my own use. Um, so it's black and gold for the camisole and, um, to make it empire wasted, I just cut it at the level of the, um, the lining. So I actually just cut the lining Hmm. piece out twice, once for the lining and once for the front. And then, uh, I did three tiers. When I work with 45 inch fabric, I always do the width of fabric times two for the first tier times Mm -hmm. four for the second tier and then times Oh, that's a great way to do it. That's a lot of fabric. For the, it's a lot. It took like several sittings for interest level, several sittings to do the gathering. Um, Cause I have fully converted to doing the three, three stitches worth of, like three sets of rows of stitches uh-huh. for gathering. So you do the two rows close together and then the, um, the third row about an inch and a half away so that it all lines up clearly. Do you machine gather or hand gather? With, oh like, my a- God. <laughs> I use the sewing machine on the highest stitch. <laughs> I saw someone doing it with zero tension and I found that that was too much gathering for me. So I just keep the tension normal. Mm. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So that's a lot. Can a you lot explain a little bit more why you use three strand, three rows of stitching? So it was a tip from Grain Line, um, another independent pattern company. Uh-huh. So the way I have always done my gathering for big projects like this uh-huh. is I will go section by section. So like, right, if it's eight sections of with the fabric, I would do one row of stitching per section. Okay. So I was looking at Grain Line, and she. Uh, you see this in patterns a lot. They say to do two yeah. because then you have a backup row of stitching in case your thread breaks. Okay. So the third row you do about an inch and a half or so, like way far away from your two backup uh-huh. that are doing the actual gathering. The third line of stitching is to, um, you know, like when you're hanging your curtains and you want them to drape evenly and you mm-hmm. don't want it all bunched up. This um, keeps it, um, like, pulls the gathers in oh, so as you're a sewing, perpendicular line. So they don't Smart. twist or go crooked. Yeah. Smart. So, you know, sometimes you get that un- yes. unattractive that is- super bunching in places. Yeah. This helps you, like, even the gathers out Smart. so that it's – and it has made a tremendous difference in the quality of how that seam looks nice. after I um, – it wastes a lot of thread. So, like, I have been using – it to to finish off bobbins yeah <laughs> like if i oh, think it was a great idea. idea to empty the bobbin of like that little bit of thread but you want to make sure you can go the whole distance right it's got to um, be just enough thread right <laughs> um, so and i i would take it out and start over uh, again with the stitching if it didn't go the whole distance uh-huh. it's too annoying um and with all those threads my one more thing i add to it other than doing it section by section is um I the side I'm gonna pull the threads on together, I tie them together, and then I kind of trim away mm-hmm. any anything that's not in those three strands tied together. And then, I this is what, the second one is a very convoluted path to how it came out. So I made a regular length just as a top camisole, and um, I was shopping in the remnant bin. 
Mm-hmm. And I think my size needs like a yard and a half or a yard and three quarters, something a yard and a half plus. And so I found this really cute California fabric that has like poppies and the, the, um, Golden Gate Bridge and Joshua Tree and the Hollywood sign and uh-huh. just all kinds of California emblematic things sprinkled all across it. And then it was only a yard because then the remnant bin. And I thought, well, well, I can get something to be the lining. Mm-hmm. So then when I laid it out, I didn't have enough to do the front and back out of a yard. Okay, now we know, Anne. Um, so I could cut a front and a half a back, which is, again, like the length of the lining. So I thought, well, I will make just like a little gathered skirt across the back. And it'll have just a cute little like half peplum across okay. the back um, out of my lining fabric, which I thought there would be enough. So then I go to assemble it. I had it cut out like months ago. I go to assemble it. And the piece of lining fabric that I was going to use for the peplum, there was no gathering it. It was like exactly the size of the back uh-huh. so I went back to Joanne's to look for more fabric <laughs> I found the original fabric oh okay bolts of it and then they have a ton of other variations like just the California poppies all uh-huh. over it oh, and like cool. just like just cute variations uh-huh. of it and then they have some other places like um, London anyway cute travel fabric so I just bought more of the fabric. Nice. <laughs> and I still did the peplum because the rest was all cut out. So I didn't really need to do that. I should have just looked around the store and bought more fabric. <laughs> yeah, well. But you added a hack to it that was really cool. It's very cute. Um, I need to be shortening the straps, and I probably won't remember that next mm. time. <laughs> probably need to take about an inch. But you have a straps. notebook that you keep track of. All, all You have like a, a, a making Sh- journey. Sure, I oh. have that. But you have to like actually enter things in it. Like oh. I get these hyper organized ideas of how I'm going to track my movements, <clears throat> and then I immediately rebel against them. Immediately. Yeah. <laughs> I'll keep a journal. I you don't will... like anyone telling you what to do. Not, Not even, even if it's you. Oh, no, no. It's almost worse when <laughs> yeah, it's my it's... own plans. <laughs> Why am I lecturing me? Stop it, Anne. <laughs> no, I mean like Karen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I understood. You were doing my internal dialogue. Um, I I have, um, I don't know if I'm using this term right, but I heard someone talking about reframing their thoughts. Mm-hmm. So I've been practicing a lot of thought reframing lately. <laughs> Um. <clears throat> so that's my very long story about my two finished objects. <laughs> nice. Well, I mean, it's better than no finished objects, right? Yeah. No, I'm very happy with them. They turned out really. The dress, particularly, if it was not so exhausting to do that third tier, yeah, <laughs> I would have a hundred of them. Yeah, that's a lot of fabric. <laughs> you know, like I, it's like a gown. Yeah, I. It is quite large. Yeah. <laughs> You make me miss my tiered skirt, though. I had one in really great colors make and browns one. and teal and oh, modern. Oh, yeah, that was so cute. I remember it. it. It's still around. I just have to. Now I ha- the, the elastic has got a shot, so I have to replace the elastic. But well. I understand. I have some skirts for Mirabella that, like, length will still work for her, but they were uh-huh. made for her when she was four. I mean, how many, of, how many projects do we have that we loved? until they just need a little bit of a little more love to get them back into shape 
And we're like, no, you can go sit in the corner for a yeah, while. Yeah, I'll oh, make I a understand. whole new dress. You're requiring yeah. more work from me. Yeah. yeah, that's more fun. <laughs> How about a new thing? How about we make you a new tiered skirt, Karen? It's super fun and super easy. <laughs> it really is fun and it is super easy. And this it's one just, was made up a whole bunch of squares. It's just tier three. Sewn together. That's frustrating. That just well, takes a while. one that I'm going to do. So I'm going to do a tiered skirt of jelly rolls. So you, like, ideally for the shortest you... Well, I don't know. The length I like to do is 45 inches. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but you could get away with shorter. So anyway, you just divide how long you want it into three. So you'd make your one jelly roll set the width of fabric times two. And then like the same criteria, but you piece mm-hmm. the sets of jelly rolls until you get the length of the tier you want. If that's oh, making the depth. sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like if you had a panel of a quilt, it would be that depth. Right. Of jelly rolls. <laughs> I hope that's that making sense fun. to so the listeners because you guys are telling me it's making oh, sense. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So it starts off being fairly even stripes, but as the width of the gathering requires more jelly rolls to, for, to get that circumference, oh. then it shifts Then it. shifts it. Well, I'm going long ways. Is that how you're picturing it, too? So yeah. you would need, like, two strips yeah for the top tier yeah by more, the number yeah. for the length yes okay yeah yes yeah. got it yeah. but you need twice that yeah so then your next one would and be the, so then four it, jelly roll strips and yeah end. so the segments would have to squish yes yeah yes exactly yeah it's, it's so but what's cool is then the the, the pattern of it rotates yeah. kind of yeah probably so is that one Sorry. jelly roll I think so. That's because cool. I overbought a, for something. That's a lot of yarn. I mean, that yarn. Well, that's a I lot. Mean, of... A jelly roll is not very much yardage. Well, it's forty by two and a half inches. So yeah, that's yeah. I mean, it's enough inches. for like a throw sized quilt. It's, so if you yeah, wrap that around your leg, it's more than two yeah. yards. That's a skirt. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot of money for two yards of fabric. It is a yeah. lot of money for two yards <laughs> yeah. of fabric. Oh, I have something for the next. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I have an endeavor into garment sewing that I need to talk about. Um, so I have a wedding to go to and I need two different outfits for two different occasions. And one of them is like cocktail attire. I am not a fancy person. I live in Southern California. I don't, I didn't own any heels before this week anymore. So I had to go buy a new pair of heels. (laughs) Um, and I found this dress at the Goodwill. That's like a velvet, um, like camisole on top v-neck with like an elastic cated skirt very simple pattern uh you know style but it was too big which is hardly ever my problem so i was like well i think i could probably take in the top and just reattach it to the existing skirt because the skirt's fine it's elasticated it'll fit yeah so i separated the skirt from the top I took in the sides how I thought I needed to, but then it made like the bust starts on the side weird. And I was, I had to do a little bit of thinking to figure out how I would fix that. And then I thought, well, what if I just, and the elastic had been removed because I needed to remove it to get the top off. So the skirt was one piece and then it didn't have any elastic. And I was like, well, what if I just put the elastic back on the skirt and just turn it into a skirt? Yeah. So I tried to do that. But as I was, like, laying it out to do it, I noticed a big hole in the skirt that I didn't (laughs) notice when I bought the dress. Oh. So I was like, okay, new plan. I'll cut a panel out of it because it was gathered. It had enough fabric. If I cut off, like, it was like a five-inch long strip down the side that I cut off. I re-sewed the side seam. Okay, now I'm going to put elastic back in the top. And the fabric was very stretchy. 
So I measured elastic around my waist. I sewed it on, but it was stretched out from sewing it. So it didn't, it no longer fit when I, once it was sewed onto the skirt. And I was like, oh, no, damn it. <laughs> and at this point I was like, I'm not unpicking all of the stitching oh. to take the, cause I had like zigzag stitched the elastic onto the top. Okay. So I threw it away. <laughs> oh no. Oh. Okay. The dress cost me like $8, but I was oh. like, I'm over this. <laughs> so that was my. Um, okay. So this is not the sewing conundrum. <laughs> no, this was, so that's my going, my sarmate. This is the background. Um, okay. This is my uh, garment sewing fail. Okay. Because I needed to make a different garment. This is one of my finished objects for my niece. Because she told me, she turned six years old. She told me she wanted me to make her a dress. And originally I was like, well, maybe I'll take her to the fabric store and let her pick a pattern and we'll figure it out together. (laughs) But knowing a six-year-old, it would have been far easier for me just to find a pattern. And unbeknownst to me, she had already designed her dress. Because she gave me a, a drawing of a dress and it was like pink on the top. It had a purple ruffle on the bottom. It had little teal blue sleeves. She's very into mermaids, has a seashell on the front. She's like, this is the dress I want you to make. And I was like, okay, (laughs) I'm not a garment seller, but I could, I'll do my best. So then I went to Anne and I said, can I please look at your pattern? (laughs) So I I found a pattern from Anne stash and I, uh, kind of subbed in the colors in the places where it was supposed to be, um it was a mccall's pattern number m6982 i wrote it down um and it's um like a drop waist um puffy sleeves and then like a ruffled skirt totally cute it's very cute the pattern said it was easy and then i was as i was reading the like here's all the things that this pattern has it was like elasticated sleeves and gathering here and this and that and i'm like i've also never installed a a zipper in a garment before. Oh, but you're I've so installed good at a thousand zippers in yeah. various other things. So I was like, I think I know how to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was did. one point where I was like, I wish Anne was here right now. Oh. Cause I was like, no, I can I can figure out what they're asking me to do, but it didn't make sense. But I did it. It was fine. Um I love our team. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I was curious about the three strands of gathering because I did the two rows like they told me to do and I was like, yeah. I think I'm doing this right, but that would have made my life easier. It- yeah, you did it right, but the grain line tip? Yeah. Next time. Yeah. Um, my mantra was like, it's fine, she's six. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's yep. like, I, I get into like a groove where I'm like, oh, but it's not perfect. There's a little pleat in that seam right there. I'm like, okay, <laughs> she's six. That's she's the six. bag maker in you. Yes. The quilter in you. Because you can't have those things in a bag or a quilt. In a garment, nobody knows. So this is, I gave it to her. She was very excited. Here she is modeling oh, it. Oh my gosh, so cute. Oh, and look how happy she, she is. She was very excited. She had a mermaid-themed birthday party, so she was very excited. She's so pretty. She, sh- she showed up. Because she, she knows Aunt Katie can make anything. Well, right? <laughs> that's why I was like, I'll do my best, sweetie. I don't know if I can. Yeah, but you delivered. So. Like, well, she showed up to her birthday party, which was at my house. She showed up. The first thing she asked me is, where's my dress? Oh. And I was like, hello to you. Why don't we wait until you open your present? <laughs> but they had like uh like a jolly jumper water slide which was like the most fun so she really didn't care that i was you know (laughs) that she had to wait to open her presents because they were having the most fun we had to like get them off of the water slide to come open presents and eat cake it was i love the shell that you put on it it really like so the picture she had drawn a seashell on the front of it and i was like i don't know how i'm gonna do that her mom has like a cricket machine who could she could like cut vinyl and make iron on and stuff so i was like backup plan i'll make i'll ask carrie to like make me a design 
But when I was at Joanne's, I looked at their like iron-on little appliques, and there was just like the perfect little seashell. Oh. It says "I'm a mermaid" on it, and I was like, "This is excellent!" <laughs> wow. I just ironed it right on the front when I was done, and it was it was easy. Yeah. So the um, dress is very cute, but that um, applique really yes sends it home. It's hard to tell in the picture, but all of the fabric is also sparkly. <gasps> so pink sparkle, purple sparkle, and then the teal for the sleeves is like shimmery, like oh. shiny, Ooh. very amber, and she loved it. Very good. Um, nailed it. Yes, it was a big success, and it was faster than I thought because I was like, "Well, her birthday's this weekend," but I had like Tuesday a couple hours in the morning, and I was like, "Well, maybe I'll come to work on Wednesday. I don't have to, but I can like go to my studio." I got it done in like a couple hours yeah, in the morning. Easy. It was easy. Um, I crocheted a market bag. This is the Sakura market bag. I keep yes. wanting to call it Lotus, but it's not. It's Sakura. <laughs> Different kind of flower. Japanese flower. Even well, though it doesn't really look like. It's it's got a flower motif on the bottom, but um, that was fun and easy. It was um, I used uh, Karen cotton cakes. Um, I had one like it wasn't even a full ball of like a tealy green color. I um, weighed it. It weighs one hundred and thirty four grams. Oh okay, thank you. <laughs> Someone wanted to know how much yarn. <laughs> uh, it's like two hundred and seventy five yards. The pattern calls for or something, um, which is less than a ball of cotton cakes. So if you have one, it's perfect for that. But it was a fun pattern. It was fun to do the like flower motif at the bottom because I don't do a lot of like motif crocheting and like you know I love motif crocheting. It's really pretty. It... Uh-huh. Go ahead. No, you started first. Well, I was just gonna say, is that one that you were thinking of when we talked about um, summer? Yes, summer that's crochet? the one. This is the one I recommended last month when we were talking about crocheting. And then I I went ahead and started making one myself. Except I'm using I'm at the handles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the boring part. Yeah, so that's why it's living in Handle Island. Oh. Handle Island. <laughs> is that in the same atoll as Sleeve Island? Yeah, it's yeah. just a hop, skip, and a jump. <laughs> you take a little plane, mm-hmm. a little six-person plane puddle across jumper. there. Yeah. Um, it's a. I think it's going to be a class, so you can look for it on the schedule. Um, but it was fun. Um, I would make another one, and it didn't take me too long. It was mm-hmm. a couple days. Um, and then I have been quilting. Um, so I made the baby quilt for my, um, for the person who is having a baby. Um, I talked about it last month. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I have a wedding to go to, like I mentioned, and I had a quilt that I wanted to finish for the wedding, but it's a bigger quilt than I have made on my personal machine before. It's not, I don't, I didn't look at how big it is. It's bigger than a throw. It's not quite like a bed size, but I wanted to practice my free motion quilting because it had been a while since I had done that so I put together this was one I think it might have been not even a whole jelly roll really nicely no no no, this was a this was a fat quarter stack of like six different fat quarters I got it Tuesday morning it's so springy it's like bright bright green and yellow with little um, butterflies and so I did like a fence rail block easy peasy I like how you did different things in different yeah. in different strips. So I used each little strip to practice. Don't look too close at it because some of them are really ugly. But I practiced my it looks uh, really, really good. quilting. It looks that. really, really good. Are you um, entering it in a quilt show? No. Okay, well, no, it looks no, no. good to me. <laughs> it's uh, like a little baby blanket size. I don't know what I will do with it, but, you know. Well, you're like, ahead some for the next shower. Yeah, yeah. So there's always <laughs> another baby. But I got to practice the free motion quilting, which I had not done in a long time, so that when it came time to make the big quilts, I was able to do it a little bit more confidently. So this is... Um, I love those colors. This pattern's 
called The Night Sky by Monica Jacobs. I think. Writing Monique that down. Jacobs, one of those two. I don't remember. I can look it up. That is gorgeous. So it's big 16-inch star blocks. Awesome. Each block is a white background with like a tone-on-tone tone dark and light of a solid color. And these are all Kona solids. So it's like... um. A maroon and a like a rosy pink. There's greens. There's like all different. Lots I like and lots the of mustard colors. and it's the blues. Perfect. I made it. Well, I started it for me because I really really liked it. Yeah. And then I thought, <laughs> oh, this would be a great wedding gift. But then I finished it. I'm like, I really want to keep oh. it. But I already put a label on it that said who it was for. Good so job. I will wash. I haven't washed it yet, but I finished it. I uh, the quilting took me two sessions to like sit down and do all the quilting. That's really impressive. Um, it took me a long time to do the piecing. Like, each block took a while. Um, and I screwed up one when I was trying to, like, assembly line finish it all. I did everything backwards and I had to take it all out. Mm. But it's finally done. And the wedding is next week. Nice. So I'm not taking it with me because we're flying. So I'm going to mail it to them. I don't know when I get back or something. But it's done. It's gorgeous. Thank you. You it's should make a... yourself another. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> oh, back it's with like a white me. fleece. And there's no batting. So it's just um, fleece in the cotton. And it's, it's That's going to be so snuggly. They have two doggies. Aww. So hopefully they will um, enjoy it. Aww. So there's no crocheting on the floor. Yeah. So like we have a lot of um, unused baby blankets. Uh-huh. Um. So, like, one temporary blanket for the dogs is something I knitted for Dante that he never was interested in. Uh-huh. And then I had, like, another one that's sort of white, but it was a gift. Nice. <laughs> and though we do not see the person who gave it to us in our lives, not just because they moved away, I uh-huh. think Kevin is still Facebook friends. And I just... No Uh-oh. pictures, no pictures. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I would hate for there to be, like, an... It would be good that this, like, well-loved part of our family is using it. Sure. <laughs> but... But I would just hate. It depends on the person. Someone yeah. might be like, oh, I'm so glad they're using it. Or right. they might be like, um, wow, you put it for the dog. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it was for Marabella and she's 10 now. So. Yeah. <laughs> but I just, I'm like, I'll make them do things that are just for them. Sure. <laughs> um, uh, someone in my family is having a baby girl, which I just oh, learned about a week yeah. or two ago. And as I was on a quilting kick, I found... In my bucket of like half finished projects, more gorgeous, all gorgeous of these colors, half square triangles that I already made all the blocks. I had laid them out. I had not sewn like the blocks and the rows together, so I just sewed the blocks and rows together and added a border and quilted it. Um, but it was, I think it was just two charm packs, a white and a pattern. That's it's amazing. It, it really, it really yielded a lot. Yeah, it's very. It was very easy. I just took you know, the two charms and made half square triangles out of them. So it wasn't hard, but I, I had already done all the um, trimming. They were all ready to go to be assembled. So I just assembled it. Okay. I want to know what technique you'd use for your half square triangles, because they are the way that I would want them to turn out, which is on the grain line. So I think what this was, was you take two squares and you put them right sides together and you draw a diagonal line and, and you, you stitch quarter mm-hmm. inch on either nice. side and then cut it in half. Nice. I think that's probably what I did because I know there's it's nice because then like you yield two, each, two so. yeah two of yeah there are all these crazy ways to like there's lots mass of ways. produce half square triangles and some of them just like don't sit well with me because your finished blocks are all biased yeah and I'm like 
but don't it you depends know on what like will happen? How many blocks you want to make? That sounds like yeah. it's a good, yeah. a good question for a la- later <laughs> in this segment because I um, like to discuss that. Oh, okay. Well, all right. <laughs> I'll add it to my list. Add it to your list. Um, so yeah, this is just a easy. I don't. I I think I'm gonna give it to the recipient. I haven't decided yet. I might put you know a little bit more thought into the um, project, but it's done. And it was, I, I had, like, the Wait. perfect size scrap of batting Restate that. What? I might give it to the recipient. Or I might make something else for the recipient. I instead might. of or to go with? I think instead of. Um. I still <laughs> like it, but, um. I don't know. I had it, I made it with them in mind, but then I thought that, um, it might be fun to work on something a little bit harder. Mm. I don't know why I think that. <laughs> <laughs> like. You have a finished object. Well, the baby's not due for many, many, many months. So by down the line, if it gets closer to due date and I decide it's good enough, then it's going to be good enough. I mean, it's really cute. So that's why I'm confused. Yeah. No, it is very cute. And I really like it. But um, I quilted it just straight line quilting with my walking foot. And I didn't do anything fancy just so I could get it done. Yeah, Um, but it works. Sometimes, like, also I have opinions about over quilting. Oh, I do too. (laughs) I do too. Um, You can really kill a quilt with a lot of quilting. I've learned that the hard way. So I think that's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, so this is doing the job. This is one of my favorite ways to do straight line quilting because I hate doing stitch in the ditch because yeah. you have to pay too close of attention. Oh yeah. So this I just lined my walking foot up with one of with the seam and went straight down and then I lined up the other side of my walking foot with that seam and went straight down. So you just stitch on either side of the seam and it makes just like a grid pattern. So that was very easy. Um and one more quilt I finished, <laughs> which is not here because James is probably using it right now. Aww. Um, Wait a minute. Four quilts? Wait a minute. Yes. It's June. Well, July. He's a very, he's a very cold man. Um, <laughs> also, and he's probably in Fillmore, yes. right? <laughs> so his he likes to sit in his chair with a quilt on his lap because the cat really likes quilts. She loves, Aww. like, she doesn't like fuzzy. Like, I have, like, furry blankets she doesn't like. She really likes quilts, like cotton. Mm-hmm. So there's a thing about that. There is. Yeah. So my mom and I used to joke that like it wasn't a quilt until the cat had walked across it. Uh Because like she'd lay her quilts out in the middle of the living room floor and the cat would just prance across it. So there's some tradition. I would have to search hard to find the the truth of it where they would like hold the corners of the quilt and to like when they were done with the quilt toss a quilt a cat in the air on the quilt like like, remember the parachute yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) but with cats yeah oh that's hysterical so anyway the idea that a cat prefers a quilt seems very right to me i really make the quilts for the cat because james will like hold it up and just put it on his lap and then the cat sits on top of it um but i was gifted a bunch of fabric from a friend and i found in this bin of fabric um, a panel with the Declaration of Independence on it, and also with it a yard or two of fabric with all of the president's faces on it. Oh wow! And James is oh also there was um like half a yard of fabric with like Washington D.C. monuments and cherry blossoms and stuff. Oh, that <laughs> and James pretty. is like such a sucker for like U.S. history and presidents and like trivia and all that. So I was like, oh, this is like right up his alley. <laughs> and also it's Fourth of July this weekend, so I like took the panel. I added some borders around the outside, like really quick and dirty. Um, and then I quilted it. Like it took me like a day to make this quilt. Cause I didn't really have to do anything for the top. It was like almost done, but he loved it. Um, he was mad at me though, that I didn't make Abraham Lincoln like front and center. Cause that's his favorite oh, president. Okay. I wasn't really thinking. I just kind of <laughs> cut some strips and sewed it on. I was able I to the- locate Abraham 
on the quilt. He's just kind of like off to the side and he's like, he should have been front and center. I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry I didn't fussy cut Abraham Lincoln. I'm sorry. I believe the words you're thinking you're thinking of, honey, are thank you for making yeah. me this quilt. He was like, oh. And that's it. Because I showed him the fabric before I told him I was making the quilt. He's like, oh, I thought maybe you'd put like some cool like American flag fabric on it or something. I'm like, I'm sorry. Want me to take the quilt back? <laughs> and I thought it was nice. <laughs> Then you're never getting it back because it's, if it's in the like, I have to do something to this exactly. pile. We just talked about that. No, it's it right was... there with, with the elastic bands that <laughs> yeah. the skirt. Exactly. So that's just a little like throw blanket size that I made for him, really for the Aww. cat. But um, those are all of my finished things. That's a, you had a very productive. I month. did. Yeah. I have had fun. Quilting for me comes in like waves. So usually I get really gung ho about it and then I give up. Which is what happened with this, the big quilt. I was yeah. like, oh, this is great. I love it. I'll make it for me. And then I stopped. It's so gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I it was supposed to have a border, but by the time I was done, I was like, this is big enough. And I do not care. <laughs> what <laughs> yep. would the border have been? Just like a white strip around the outside. Oh, no. It's, nah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have added anything. I'm not a fan of white borders, honestly. I think yeah, I probably would have it chosen would get, a just color. Get dirty. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's going to get dirty anyway. It's white. But yeah. there's something about visually to me, like I don't like white mats on um fact, uh, on pictures. paintings or drawings mm -hmm. like i like something that stops the eye yeah like a hard fact yeah white's too like spatially like yeah. floaty you yeah know? exactly i get it i probably <laughs> would have picked a solid color mm -hmm. one of the many in it and like put that around the outside but i didn't want to do any more work so no that's perfect thanks because i like like you like use that soft like that small calico print mm -hmm. it works well with the it's solids. actually like if you look close it's like free motion quilting lines like oh, little squiggly yeah, lines I can see that which i thought mimicked the like actual quilting on yeah. the quilt. i'm probably the only person that will that's the awesome. recipient will never notice that no, but but those things are for you yes i found <laughs> it in the stash and i was like oh this is perfect yeah karen what did you finish uh i finished um a pot a sample for the potluck tote class and i did the smallest one it's got a wire frame but the nice thing is the wireframe can be removed so you can wash it. Oh, that's cool. Um, I particularly, it's got like a casserole size and like a bigger size, like for your 13 by 9 type casserole pans. Mm -hmm. It's the idea that it's it's got foam and it's, you could put your casserole dish in, it's got handles so you can carry it and, yep. put it and move it around. But yeah, so I made that and I took some pictures and, oh, how was the Queen Amon? Um, it was good. I always want it to be something different than it is. <laughs> you want it to be like a little sweet or something. Yeah. I, I photographed the it this weekend. Is so good. It's got that nice. It's so hard to eat. <laughs> is it just too flaky, too big, too. Yeah, it's like, how do you get your mouth around that? <laughs> I think you, I think you, it's like a cinnamon roll. You just tear pieces off. Yeah, that's what I kind of resorted to. But it was good. So thank so. you for sharing. <laughs> well, I photographed it this week, this last weekend with some great pastries from Cafe Ficelli. I mean, the picture is such that people might forget that it's about a bread bowl and just being. Tr I had someone go, all I want now is bread. I, know. I just want bread, bread, bread. <laughs> Because the pictures turned out really, really good, but I can't eat them because even I have like a chocolate croissant that I'm told was really kind of skimpy on the chocolate. Not much chocolate at all. The pain au chocolat was not very much, very chocolatey. It was more like pan. <laughs> anyway, so I finished that. That's by the Fat Quarter Gypsy. Um, 
I kind of have problems with that name. I don't know if that's, but I'm not, I'm not going to tell someone, oh, the name of your company is not right. But well, maybe she has Roma heritage. That's the thing. Maybe she does. Mostly, I don't think they call themselves gypsies. Just yeah. thinking of my sister-in-law, but if you're in Romania, <laughs> maybe she does. If you're in Romania, that's that's not that's a that's a slur like the N word. Yeah. It's not a good name. Yep. Um, so, but I think through most of Europe it is. <laughs> huh? Yeah, I think they, through most of Europe it is. Yeah. So I finished that, and then I finished the Deshane Tea by Leela Raven, and it was hanging. It was almost dry this uh, this afternoon, and so I tossed it in the dryer to just kind of get the rest of it out drier. Is it one hundred percent cotton? The one I did was one hundred percent cotton. And so it, it I kind of had to like pull stretch it a little bit because you know it fluffed and did dry it did get the dampness out. Um, although it's so humid, I should just left it damp and let my body dry it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want to say something about the the um, what is the first project you talked about? What is it called again? The the potluck tote. Potluck tote. Uh huh. That would be really cute like as a sofa organizer too like if you're working on a project oh, it, abso- yeah. it, it absolutely would it doesn't have so, like, to be for your so tray yeah yeah it's, yeah, it's a tray like with immediately a, with... i'm thinking it's a project folder <laughs> yeah you throw your scissors your whatever your yeah. remote control because it's about five well actually i know the dimensions it's six by 14 yeah it's really cute. so you could throw your like you said you could throw your scissors um your threads if you're doing hand stitching it's and it definitely holds up on its own. The only thing is it calls for a special kind of fusible foam that's du- fusible on both sides. Mm-hmm. Only so Pelon? It's not Pelon. Mm. It's like Bosol. Oh, something yeah. like that. Only, I don't think it's really all that fusible. And I don't, since you have to stitch around it anyway, I'm like, you really don't need the fusible. <laughs> Yeah, I find that the fusible makes it look a little bit neater because, I mean, Pelon has a two-sided fusible mm-hmm. foam that I have not had a problem with fusing, so I don't know if it's the brand, but um, it keeps it from, like, looking wrinkly, I feel like, if it's fused. Okay, I, I could see that. I guess if it's fused properly, because if it's hard oh, to fuse, then, you know, it, it can yeah, pull apart. Yeah, and yeah. and stuff. So, <laughs> which... I was reminded while I was sewing the shirts this weekend that one should press the pieces that they're putting whatever kind of interfacing on yes pre yeah pre-press no, be, yeah. R- don't yeah. try to yeah because no the rumples are permanent then yep. <laughs> so um it, yeah and so i got tired of my old iron um not pressing things well so i did get a gravity iron and it looks like i've got a medical ginormous <laughs> bag of of water going down to my iron but Anyway, an IV for your iron. An IV for my iron. It is. It's on an IV pole, actually. <laughs> so, um, I like it. It's just a little smelly at first. You know, like anytime you get something new, it like uh, a lot of ozone smell or no, not ozone. Like you get from like when something electrical is about to go out. Maybe just hot metal, which was not very pleasant at first, like but a it seems to be. Smell? Yeah, kind of a mechanical like smell, a but. But it seems to have worked itself out. So that was the potluck tote. And I really like the, the fabrics. You know, my food Super Buzzy is like one of my favorite places. But I don't think I actually got it at Super Buzzy this time. I believe. <laughs> well, I like Super Buzzy too, but sometimes I shop other places. <laughs> I believe I got that fabric um, at Fabric Town this time. Because I had a gift certificate. Because um, I was going to use it to buy for clothing. 
and you know for fabric because i was going to make something and then i'm like you know i'm gonna make it i'm i want to make it you save it for this so because i bought it green does, velvet Ooh. i'm gonna make a green velvet dress someday nice. someday um but the other thing i did like i said i did the deshane tea and i had just enough yarn yarn to finish Mm -hmm. (laughs) well that's the right amount then well that's my favorite thing (laughs) i wasn't quite sure if it would be enough and it's not like i can get more because you know i just got it like last year before the shutdown or at the beginning of the shutdown and that's when this company has decided i think i got it from barocco and they decided that they were going to discontinue it and a, a couple of other really great yarns i don't understand why some companies choose to um to discontinue stuff yeah barocco is not usually that like flippant about what they continue to produce they Mm -hmm. tend to like have a yarn and they like once they introduce it it's there for a while like some companies like taki like you could not trust that a yarn that you liked from them last season would be here next season (laughs) well and just with my luck, just like any kind of a TV program that I start really, really liking, <laughs> I only get into the TV programs like after it's like on their seventh or eighth season. Because well, I need, and I it's have like trust so, issues too. Yeah. So, so this yarn might have been around for a long time, but I didn't discover it until right. It might be a couple years old. It's like, well, now that I like it, you should just keep it around. Oh, that's it's, Trader Joe's project. Yes, for me, like as soon as I love something, it's gone. Yep. Do you remember their <laughs> rosemary garlic rolls? <laughs> they had these gorgeous rolls. This is back before I was celiac. And it had this, they were like steeped in this rosemary garlic butter. Oh, and it, as wonderful. soon as you walked past them, you could just smell this gorgeous garlic rosemary smell. And you popped them like in the microwave and your whole house smelled amazing. Oh, that's yeah, And then they just continued it. Darn them. Uh, there was a dressing I liked, like this amazing dill dressing. Mm-hmm. That was there for like, maybe we got to buy it twice. Do they still have their their uh, Chinese chicken salad dressing? I used to love that. I don't know. We buy the goddess dressing. That's like the only one that we've been buying regularly. When anyway, we, we all know what Trader Joe's projects we love. Yeah. <laughs> when we were newlyweds, we used to go to a, a deli in the valley that had the best Chinese chicken salad. Um, and we went there when we were dating. So it was kind of... And so when we found this dressing that tasted almost exactly the same we just loved it and loved it and then of course you know life gets busy and you have kids and you forget that you know fussy people who don't like chinese chicken salad um get old older and all of a sudden they like the food you make oh the fussy people who you made got it the fussy people (laughs) i made finally like the food that i made and then of course it's not the same without the magic of that special dressing that's a bummer I'm on my last end to weave in. You don't have to count, like, wait for it, your ends to be woven. It worked. No, you said I did. Yeah, I was lying to you. Oh, I was you cheating. did it to me again. <laughs> I mean, anyway. I even said I was BSing. <laughs> I didn't hear that part. You, oh. you must have muttered that really, really mm-hmm. softly. Got it. Anyway, I was teasing you. Okay. So the last thing that I am weaving my last end in on is um, a project I started two weeks ago and i'm done it's a really big blank crocheted blanket 
made with Knit Picks Wonder Fluff, which is, I just love that yarn. It's so fluffy. It's like little balls of kittens. <laughs> I just want to make a bed and cuddle in it. And I accidentally. Eat them, though. You don't have to and feed them. No, um, they don't get fussy and start talking back at you when you refuse to take them outside. No litter box problems. Yeah. Oh, I don't have to deal with that. We had an agreement when we got the cat <laughs> that, and they started to forget that agreement. And I said, look, you wanted the cat. I love the cat, but the cat and I have these issues over, and you, I, I already have the kids to take care of. You can take care of the cat. So, The agreement only works if the cat is in on the agreement, though. Because my cat used to be, but all of a sudden she's lost her damn mind and has decided that she doesn't always know exactly what the rules are. So, yeah. Okay. Okay, so when the cat's mad, it's not because the other pe- other humans in the house, you know, they may have forgotten to take care of the box, mm-hmm. but it's my side of the closet that Felix decides to go pee in. Oh, well, there you go. Or my side of the bed, right where my feet go. Oh, no, and yeah, you that know that that's on pur- you know that's on purpose because they can smell where your yeah. well, they feet know. land. Yeah. They know. Anyway, so I just ta-da, finish this blanket and it's super it's, cute. It's actually pretty big. It's big. It takes seven um 21 balls. Wow. 21 balls. Wow. <laughs> well, three of each color. Oh. Um, it takes seven colors and this is called the saltwater Afghan by Tony Lipsy, T-O-N-I. And the last name is L-I-P-S-E-Y, also known as tlyarncrafts.com. She has some great, great patterns and she just came out with a card again, which I am kind of in love with. Her Her Instagram feed is delightful. And when she talks about stuff, I just want to just like tune the rest of the world out and listen to every word that comes out of her mouth because (laughs) she is wonderful and smart and helpful. And okay, so I, I, I might've gone a little bit in debt buying these crochet hooks that she recommended because they are, they are amazing. No, they looked like furls. I didn't like. They're not furls. Didn't read. They're not furls. <laughs> the they're not furls. The I know what you're talking about. Well, she didn't know. This is before the furls. Okay, because she just this, got some like rainbow. She just furls, got some right? rainbow furls. And Which furls are, are not for me. They're not for me. I, something about the the the, the way the, the handle's not for me. No, okay. they're beautiful. No, though. these have a super sharp head and hook. So it goes in and out and it catches really, really nicely. And they're like I gotta know the stainless brand. steel. Let me look up um, what I Because that got. sounds like I love Susan Bate hooks because they have that like, kind of knife edge. Normally I don't like metal, but these oh, like metals metal. are, yeah. are solid, man. Uh, let me go to my email and figure out where did I pay for them. It was an unusual company. Um, where did i pay for them you bought them <laughs> i thought you might be going to her feed to look for the <laughs> no i'm going to my mail okay i better go to her feed but the thing is it was a video so i don't know if she uh eh, i better go to my feed anyway so but the thing i'm really enjoying are the knitting needles because they are really sharp and long tapered Ooh. um and then you can get stiletto. Perhaps? You have your choice of tip length as well as they're interchangeables, but you have your, and the, um, the crochet hooks are interchangeables and you can buy the cable separately because you have your choice of length. And at first 
I was kind of inept because I'm like, they made, they did something wrong here. I can't get these cables in. They're two female parts. <laughs> they don't go together. And they didn't realize that the very end of the crochet hook unscrews because oh. it can be interchangeable or not interchangeable. Oh. Um, I will find them. Yeah, Karen handed it to me and said, what's wrong with this? And I was like, don't you just unscrew it? And she's like, damn it, you figured it out. <laughs> but really, that's Wait, why she handed it I, to I, you. I, I didn't, well, I, I, I was trying to see if she could you know, if she would struggle like I did, I almost sent an email. So, but there's always those <laughs> moments where you think, wait, before you hit send, look it over again and make, I, I've had a few times this week where I almost sent an email and I thought, I better think, look this over. So I don't be one of those people. Um, TL, I'm looking at TL yarn. They help, yeah, I can't even spell on you know, when you're trying to type so There she is. Tony. And it must have been in her feed. Because I'm not seeing it now. Her, um, those really, really cool hooks. It was like Dyak Crafts. D-Y-A-K-C-R-A-F-T-S. And they're kind of expensive for yeah. a crochet hook. But it might be the last one I get. Well, I only got two sizes, so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, you really, if you really like Come it. Come on like... now. <laughs> That's like, oh, if I buy this set of interchangeable needles, I'll never need to buy more knitting needles. <laughs> right. Yeah, we know how that that's, goes. Oh, yeah. That's like saying, <laughs> this is funny. the last yarn I'll ever need. <laughs> well, you know that would be absurd, so I'm glad you didn't go there. No, yeah. isn't this comedy night? <laughs> Open mic night. Hey, are you out there? Ting, ting, ting. Um, yeah, so I just finished it all. Woohoo! Um, and I love Wonder Fluff. It, okay, Wonder Fluff tells you it's bulky. It's a lie. It doesn't matter if you're knitting it or crocheting it. It always works up to be worsted weight, not bulky. Hmm. And people, ha it, it was not just me. I noticed, I read other people's comments about it, but it's still pretty What's amazing. The yardage per ball? Yardage wise, it's like seventy six. Uh, of course, I had all these labels that I just threw away. Well, like to a hundred or to fifty? Huh? To a hundred grams? Or oh, 50 they're grams. fifty grams. Fifty grams. And you said seventy. Yeah, that's worsted. I mean, have Aaron? It, it's like heavy worsted Aaron, but it yeah. always. But it's not bulky. Mm -mm. It's, that's, that yardage is not bulky. It's not bulky. Yeah. They label it bulky, but what it? It's not like a regular. It's very very fluffy. But it's like a mesh. It's 23% nylon because that's the mesh tubing that the alpaca fibers are shot into. Like, and 7% yeah. merino. Mm -hmm. The Blue Sky Alpaca had a yarn connected yeah. this Yeah, way, it, right? it, very much like And techno. they were marketing that like a, a, bulky. Like a bulky. And it was not. No, it was, it was very a happily a worsted. And of course, you know, the colors that I picked. You see, I've got a lavender here. And I've got a midnight and a beige. I mean, the rest of them are blue, but <laughs> yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Karen. Anyway, so <laughs> we know you like your color palette. It's beautiful because it's only two. It's I mean, it's a lot of stitches, but it's only two rows over and over and over again. And after nine pairs of rows, you switch colors nice. Nice. and rinse and repeat. Yeah, she's Love a that. very cool designer. Mm -hmm. Anyway, well. that's all I finished. Well, for our topic today, we thought maybe we would tackle some unpopular opinions. Um, <laughs> so we are sort of framing it in the, uh, like, 
for knitting, for crocheting, for sewing. Those were our like categories that I think we're going to sort of work through. It might be, you know, a little bit more unstructured or, you know, we don't know. We'll, and we don't know what each other's unpopular opinions are. So <laughs> it might also spark some, you know, other conversation as we go. But um, anybody have any like unpopular knitting opinions? Um, and we don't, I guess I should like disclaimer asterisk. We don't mean to like offend anybody. If this is something you're a big fan of and we say we don't like it, that doesn't mean that we're right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I don't want it's anybody to It's just a personal feel, opinion, not yeah. a judgment call. Or like if there's certain designers or whatever, we, we don't mean any, you know, harm or whatever. It's just a personal opinion and it might be unpopular. So go ahead. Um, charts are the best. I, I love charts. I prefer a pattern with a chart. In fact, if it's a pattern with a chart and no written words except the cast on, I'm uh, fine with that. In. I'm fine with it. I think a good pattern should have both. But if a pattern yes. only has written instructions, it can get out of here. I'm not going to make it. Well, yeah. How do you tell what, like, when you have a chart, and I hope this will speak to people who are scared of charts because it looks like jibber-jabber. Yes. <laughs> um, once you decode what the chart's telling you, you can see exactly what you're supposed to knit. It's a visual representation of what your stitches are doing with the direction they're leaning, the where they're going, if they've got intentional yarn overs for lacy holes. And yeah. it's so much more jibber jabbery to try and find my place on a line Words? of like yeah. text and numbers all. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I agree. No. Um, yeah. Give my, me charts. Yes, all the <laughs> charts. Um my unpopular opinion, which is not specifically knitting, it's just in yarn in general, is that people need to stop whining about finding knots in their yarn. Yeah. yeah. People will, like, yeah. someone will be knitting, they'll be like, oh, can you believe there's a knot? It's like, yeah, I can believe it. Okay. It keeps because the it cost of production down for yes. yarn companies. Yep. How much waste would there be if there wasn't? And it's yeah. not hard just to rejoin your yarn. It's another end, but you know what? I think it just comes from the fact that we used to work in selling yarn. That it's like, I don't, I don't really care. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, there's like this yarn I'm using now is cheap. I found like three knots in one ball. Three is the ex three industry is the acceptable amount. Yeah. I was told up to five is still up to five. is considered wow. acceptable, but that rarely, rarely happens. But I mean, how many of us only ever do one ball projects? Right. You're going to have to tie on new yarn anyway. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not as big of a, a of a pain in the butt I think is people yes. think tend to think it is and I think people need to stop complaining about it you have to watch the dirty jobs where they go to a yarn mill mm. and they show you why they knot it because okay. it will completely like shut down production for the day if they have to stop if they and didn't start to that just makes total sense. tie it back on when the machines have to stop yeah like, <laughs> that's a great dirty jobs I have to look that up Karen um for knitting, here's a question: Is there, um, there's different, are is there different ways of throwing, throwing your yarn? Is it acceptable to, because uh, is it really hard and fast to that you have to throw it counterclockwise, or is it acceptable to go clockwise? Okay, well, clockwise and counterclockwise are directional things that do not make sense to me. So Okay, so what I do is I turn the tip of my needle so that it faces me and it's the center of a clock. So I would, And how my yarn goes around it 
is either clockwise or counterclockwise. Well, so I think standard would be counterclockwise, right? Yes, but the newer generation doesn't do that. So what do they do to get their stitches untwisted? Their stitches don't twist because they're consistently... Because they're purling Well, they would the have to way? insert their needle the other direction yeah. in the stitch, wouldn't they? Something about... Yeah, it... it your knitwise and your purlwise have to, which is well. I know people knit like combination, you know. So they it the what the, where the difference comes in is when they go to slip a stitch. When they slip it purlwise, if they have done it, mm-hmm. because the, well, the because the pattern that I'm testing, um, one of the comments was all of these slip stitches are getting twisted, and it doesn't look like that in the pattern because you're telling us to slip them knitwise, but there was the. But the designer did not take into account that the way, because she she throws and a lot of other people throw clockwise. So well, when you slip be... it knitwise, well then she's it... knitting wrong. I think ah! no, I think honest to God, be a I believe for that she's how patterns wrong. are written. Yeah, she's knitting wrong. If she wants to knit wrong, that's fine because yeah. she knows how to compensate for that. But she shouldn't be writing but she's it that not way. A, but she's not alone that way. That a lot of matter. other there people make... There needs to be a standard. Then people... Okay. There needs to be a standard. I curled okay. wrong. I, I, ha- I feel so... Oh, this is a good one, Karen. <laughs> okay. I feel so passionate about this because I learned to purl from a book and the book didn't tell me the direction. So I would knit the uh-huh. correct way. I'm And I'm going to stand by that. The correct mm-hmm. and the wrong way. And then I... I would be wrapping my pearls so the we're wrong all way. twisted. So then when I go back to knit, half my stitches were twisted and half were untwisted. Mm-hmm. I am a firm believer that there is only one direction. Because that's go back to stitch and bitch. Mm-hmm. Yep. The little guys sitting on the needle, mm-hmm. right leg forward. If you wrap the other way, their left legs are sitting forward. And it's fine if that's the way oh, that you knit. Oh, this fills me with rage, actually. Okay, well, but there <laughs> but... should be a standard for how patterns are written. Yes. Because then the majority of people who don't knit that way are going to be knitting wrong. That's like um, Stacy Trock, who's a very yes. successful mm-hmm. crochet designer. She, and I did, I did this a little when I was a new crocheter, too. I don't think I was taught this way, but when I, like, relearned it on my own, I was going into my sing- my stitches through the back loop only mm-hmm. so her early designs own like they have They're that all cool back ridged fabric mm-hmm. and then people go to make her patterns and they didn't look like her samples because she didn't there's know that as- was a there's special there's an specified well, she, should as- be. She, she didn't assu- know it was there's special an, uh, there's an assumption that her way is the, is the the way that every because if she, her way of doing it was the way that everybody she knew did it she didn't know that it wasn't standard I think she was just looking at her so own experience. My not... res- my response, I m- made a response in the question that said, how you, whether, when you slip a stitch, where you slip, how you slip a stitch is not really where you're going to have the change. It's not, not the only way that you will have a change of whether your slip stitch is straight or twisted, uh-huh. but how you throw your yarn when you are making the stitch below it. And is how what, you insert the needle. And how yeah. you insert. There's a combination. There's lots of ways you're I said there's a lot. Twisted. There's a combination of things happening here, and when you need to make make a note in the pattern, that uh-huh. um, this is if you really want this to be slips knitwise, which most of the time, wait, most you what, slip pearlwise pearl unless it's a that's the default. Yeah. Um, it's it's the understood default unless it's you want you need to change the direction of it of the 
it's very rarely that it's only if you have left in left in the case of left leaning decreases for the most part or the intentional twisted stitch that you slip something knit wise. Mm-hmm. I um, can't find where that decrease rule is written down because I learned that from Lois at like an embarrassingly yes. recent time. Yes. <laughs> but it made a big change understanding that. But I think it's that if oh sorry, so the rule is you always slip pearl wise unless you're told otherwise or in a decrease. Yes. But, but I think that assumes that you have wrapped your sti- your well, stitch counterclockwise. So which is I- the correct way. <laughs> <laughs> so I think where where that discrepancy comes from is that unless you're told otherwise, you are told otherwise if you read how to do an SSK. It yes. says how to do yeah, it. Yeah, that's a good So point. I don't think that the, unless it's in a decrease, is necessarily necessary because if you actually read what the pattern says, it should say you slip it knitwise. But. Reading for suckers. I understand. <laughs> but. I don't. And this person is an American, so I, part of me would have said maybe, I mean. So she watched the, maj- the wrong YouTube video to learn. The majority of. <laughs> Something. Okay, or no. she taught herself. The majority which of I can patterns identify. being uh-huh. bought today are using the u.s method of instruction as a standard um even whereas like in crochet there's u.s versus um uk but we can wait till we get to the crochet to talk about that but um yeah so i thought that was interesting that there her because so many of her generation were are wrapping it clockwise and so they did they weren't getting a twist because the way when they wrap it clockwise and they slip it knitwise, Who they don't get a twist. Them this? I think I think it comes from them teaching themselves. Maybe because which that's I why think I is totally fine. Like yes. teach yourself to knit. I a don't care. Plus. I'm a not plus. trying to like discourage anybody, but no. if you teach yourself to knit and then you don't knit around other people, which a lot of people don't, you know, they're especially this last year. If you learned to knit this last year, then you come and you show somebody your work. I remember Lois telling me like I remember asking like, should I tell that person? Like they came in to show me a project and like their stitches, all their pearls were twisted. Mm-hmm. And I was like, should I tell them? She's like, I always tell people yep. because no, otherwise nobody has How told them. How are they going to learn? Yep. Yeah. But yep. I don't want them to like finish a whole sweater and then for me to be like, you did it all wrong. But if nobody tells them, then they don't know. Yeah, no, that's then that's I, how I learned I was I, doing my pearls yeah, wrong. I, told, I was making yeah. this huge sweater for my brother who's a big guy and somebody finally showed me it was wrong. Okay. But it was so much easier on my hands to not to do it knit the other that way. way anymore. Yeah. My very first projects were socks. I knit every single one of those stitches through the back loop. Yeah. Which it is essentially so, what they're doing which is by so going freak- clockwise. Yeah. Well, n- not <laughs> Unless you're way- compensating for it they on the next row. They were compensating for it because their stuff was not getting twisted. They have to be going into the stitches differently differently, differently which they pro- some people do they knit with their you know they knit one way and they pearl inserting their yes. needle a different way because yes. they knit well, backwards or whatever and one of my formative knitters does knit that way uh-huh but still and i had done one each i had done pairs of i would did this for socks and i did nine pairs of one each of nine socks you know the first half of of a, of a pair of socks and before before um, Barbara of BB's Knits and Santa Barbara, she showed me, she said, she corrected it. She said, show me how you're doing this. Because um, everything was, okay, a beginner tight knitter plus mm-hmm. yanking everything plus twisting every Wasn't single stitch. Wasn't it also stitch. cotton yarn? 
Or am I that was one of them. That, that okay. was one. That was one. But most of it was. How did you not cripple yourself? In yeah, this right. Story? <laughs> well, my hands were super tight and crampy, but I also well, was. This know, is what knitting is. <laughs> it, it was in the beginning because everything's tight. But but the problem then was okay. Now I know the right way, but these have to match, so I have to do the other half the same way. But on future projects, I will then knit. Them. Yeah, that is a thing. Like once you unlearn something like that, you got to finish the one project that way. The but... problem with making things super twisty like that is that it does use up a whole lot more yarn. Now, but I they're will say, bulletproof. For, well, for those <laughs> socks, they lasted seven years of wear before they got a hole. Those things could stand in the corner. <laughs> you know? They were they were tight, man. Fortunately. Yeah, and I didn't only think about gauge. That's a whole nother. That's a whole no, nother. That's, that's, that's a whole different that's layer a topic of for another day. So yeah. my question is: Are there really hard fast rules? Yes. Or I think there. I think there should be. There are hard fast rules for some things and to. other things. Okay, so when we were at Anacapa, one thing I would tell people because they were like, "No, this is how my grandmother taught me. This is how my okay. everyone in my family does." I go, "That is fine for the projects you're doing. I can see you're compensating." But know that when, as you grow as a knitter, there are some things where, for instance, when you do a left-leaning decrease or you try to knit through the back loop, that you will not get the desired look it's because like, of the way you're throwing I, the yarn. I never understood why people knit backwards because they were like <laughs> left-handed. It's like, that doesn't make any sense. And I'm left-handed. Yeah, yeah. You should like, know. Like crocheting, <laughs> I think there is a difference because yeah. the action is so different with yes. the hook. Yes. But with knitting, you have a needle in each hand. Yeah. It's both handed. It's yeah, not it's, I understand. Right. You can it's, put the, it's, it's so, so I've met people who have to reverse everything. Yep. Because they're knitting from left to right instead of from right to left. And yep. that is stupid. I'm yep. sorry. That's just, it's just making your life so much harder. Right. In the hundreds of people I've taught to knit, I can think of one person that I couldn't break of that idea. And I always like bend to meet where you are. Right. Yeah. But mm-hmm. But after that person, I made a concerted effort to just convince every lefty. It doesn't matter. That it's a two-handed pursuit. Each job, you each put hand your has in your left jobs. Hand. Yeah, yeah. Or you just you, you just they do just it. have two jobs. The this o- hand does this thing. This hand does this thing. The only application I can see for knowing how to go to left to right and right to left is doing entrelock. Right. There it's are places cool. where knitting backwards is yeah. helpful, it's but like not helpful. for everything. Right. You have to reverse everything. Yeah. Or it, it's uh, cool to know that. Yeah. Actually, it's in Maggie um, Maggie Rigetti's um, book. I can't. It's um, knitting plain in plain English. Oh, I think that's yeah, what that it's called. Mm-hmm. Or right. knitting plain and simple. Because she also has the crochet one that's uh-huh. the same title. She talks about that in her book when she was a beginning knitting teacher in Orange County. That she would teach everybody in every beginning knitting class to knit forward and then to knit backwards before the pearl. That's and I no, like, that's unnecessary. That's I know unnecessary. you're going to make people hate it. <laughs> I don't. I mean, because that's what how people did. The pearl is a new invention. Yeah, but in in, in knitting, like if you like track knitting textile, I read that somewhere. I think somewhere else or in the same segment. I can see why because if you were doing stranded knitting, part of the if you're working, if you're working the round stranded knitting, great. It's yeah. always facing you. But if you're knitting flat stranded knitting, trying to do stranded pearl wise, mm-hmm. you're kind of flying blind because you're not seeing the way the picture is laying out. I so that's I could see that's handy, but and I think that's I how, why it's called stockinette stitch because stockings are in the round. Mm-hmm. So you mostly used to make stockings. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah, I think knitting backwards is cool to know. Yeah, but it's not a way to live your life. No. <laughs> well, we should move on then. <laughs> okay. Um, well, that was cro- a good question. Any unpopular crocheting opinions? <laughs> um, wait, I have one more thing to say about Karen. Okay. Which is very good. Um, I like the way you frame it, that there should be a standard. Because uh, remembering my one of my form- knitters who formed me, Barbara, She's an insanely good knitter Mm -hmm. and she does knit in this strange fashion. So maybe Barbara is making her rounds and she's teaching all these younger people to knit, which I think would be wonderful because she really did some good things for my knitting. But she knew she was doing it wrong. wrong. Yeah. I don't want to say wrong (laughs) because it's working for them, but it's not standard. It's not standard. standard. I like the way you frame that. There should be a standard standard. and you can adapt from Because knit-wise is knit-wise and purl-wise is purl-wise. Stitches sit to the right, you know, right leg forward. (laughs) And if you're not doing that... I've had people, I had people tell me that when I, being a thrower, that I was doing it wrong. Which is that not continental wrong. was the only way to do it. Well, now, it's she the was European, better way to do it, but it's more efficient. I would disagree, <laughs> but, but it's it's the way you imprint. I yeah. imprinted on. I'm faster, and I can do it on as a thrower. Um, but so I, the in that I'm a continental convert. I'm much faster as a continental. But there's more than just those two, right? Yeah, there's Portuguese, and there's something else. That anyway, well, combination is a legit style, mm-hmm. which is kind of what you've been describing. Some knit, yeah. knit with their knit English and pearl continental, or vice yeah. versa. Yeah, it's hard to get. It's hard to get. I guess. I guess you're going to average. Row? That's what, uh, yeah, that's what I've always wondered. When I <laughs> tell switch. people that's okay because you know knitting and continental so much more um, approachable uh-huh. than the pearl stitches. Yeah, I've told or even people... Portu- or even Portuguese is better for ribbing than yeah. I think it is than as a thrower but um but i think it's like a like like the baby duck whatever you imprint on first is usually what you connect with possibly i mean because i i learned to throw to start and i think it's a it's good to have multiple ways just like it's good to have multiple tools in your toolkit Mm -hmm. well it's good to know that as long as you know that you're still wrapping however whatever hand is controlling the yarn you're still wrapping all the stitches counterclockwise. Yep. All right, let's move on to crochet. Okay. <laughs> all right, Katie. Um, my unpopular opinion is I don't give a crap about crochet hook brands or <laughs> what. Like, I'll I'll crochet with anything, metal, wood, plastic. I don't care. But I'm also not as much of a crocheter as I am a knitter, and I'm very particular with my knitting needles. <laughs> but ah. when it comes to crocheting, I really could give a crap. I'm like, oh, this is a size H. It'll work. Yeah. I don't care. I generally feel the same way, but I have, I certainly have opinions. Like I have used hooks that I like a little bit better, yeah. but if I'm not going to like buy a new hook, if I, if I don't have the one I like in that size, right. I'm going to use what I have. Whatever yeah. hook I can Whatever's find. Cheapest, I really don't care. I'll Whatever start. hook I can find yeah. <laughs> that lets me get started on the project. That's, yeah. That's my hook. Yep. Yeah. However, but I don't care if it's metal. I, some people have really strong opinions. Some people oh. will only use hooks with like handles on them, and yeah. I don't really like those. I like those. I don't care. There's something about care. like it relieves the pressure in my thumb to have the handle, mm-hmm. but then you get like shorted on your. I don't shank like. Length, yeah, right? I so don't like a short shank. shank. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like a shank that I really like a long gets shank. gets between the ribs. <laughs> the ribbing. There you go. Uh, sure. Oh, I, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I have one to add on now. Okay. All right. <laughs> Crochet ribbing is. A farce. Like, oh, it is. It's I fake. would rather I ha- and I have knit the rib and then 
crocheted. I off have of designed that. a hat based off of that right? exact thing. No, crochet ripping is fake and it's not real ripping, but it looks like it and it sort of acts like it, but not hundred percent. It looks like it, but it's it does so not much have more the... work. Well, it, there's different ways. There's the I've not met a way that's less work than just knitting it. There's the the strip. Well, that's not fair because we are first and foremost knitters, but. I mean, there's chronologically, the... I am first to crochet. I, me too. <laughs> okay, so I, if I have to do crochet ribbing, I prefer front post, back post, because at least I'm still working in the same direction. Yeah. I do not like where I have to do the strip yeah, and then, like the, oh, I've got too loop. many rows yeah. here or not I enough rows there. I don't mind that for like there. a hat brim. Because it's little. Yeah. Like, but for a sweater. It's not that big a oh, deal. yeah. No, for a sweater. I'm... I've done it for a sweater. I do like the appearance of that better, though. Yes. It, it looks it's... almost a lot more like knitted ribbing. And it really more than front post, back post. It looks more like to me ribbing yeah. than oh, some front post, back yeah. post does. Because um, you get like, the little V's that yeah, show up in the front. Depending on how you're going mm-hmm. into the stitch. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't mind doing it. I just don't think it looks, it doesn't look See, like ribbing. And this is where I think we get, I think we could have this world where you can have patterns that incorporate the best of both. Right. That's why but, it's good to know both. Yeah. But that's why it's good to know both. But we have too many, too much of a culture where you're only, I'm just this. And it's like, don't say just. You you can be, ju- you can choose to just, to prefer one over the other but you why why not ha- do both you know sometimes i some sometimes people are i like completely the lace, happy just i like the crocheting lace. and don't care about crocheting and some people are perfectly happy crocheting and don't care about knitting so i don't think it matters i wouldn't say you should i think it's cool if you can know both because then you like i said you can incorporate it you can knit a hat band there's and crochet lots the of designers that would like to write patterns that have knitting and you crochet can. in them but because uh, I because I'd asked a publisher about this and she goes they've tried. I mean, then you self-publish People, a pattern. That's what yeah, I did. Yeah, I have yep. a hat where with a knitted brim, and then you crochet the top of it. I also included a crocheted brim option because I know some people are just crocheters, but yeah, and you, I, you or they're crochet only. Yeah. Um. Did you have more unpopular opinions? Um. My other unpopular crochet opinion is that I hate magic circles. Ah, I love them. I, don't I like love them. them. I just want to do an extra chain. I can make it really tight. No, it. that magic circle goes nice and tight. Yeah. No holes in oh, the center. I, uh, if I'm not doing it for a class sample, I never do it. Ooh. If it's oh. like you're do- if you're double crocheting into it, I just throw in an extra chain stitch and then go into the chain. I don't care. Right. I don't like them. Nope. I love them. I nope. think they're beautiful. You can nope. never get don't like such it. a good tight. I ending. did it on this uh, bag, but I remember doing it and thinking I hated it. <laughs> so that's well, one okay, of my so favorite. What's the difference between on? the magic circle or just chaining one and doing everything into the one chain? That's that's what I would like to know. No, I know there I mean, is a difference. Isn't that basically a magic circle? Yeah, but a magic circle sort? you can cinch tighter, which yeah. I I see the benefit of. Yeah. But I also can take my yarn tail and run it around and cinch true. it anyway. True, true. Which I care. Which is a point I typically for just don't doing care. a ring. <laughs> but, I don't like doing a ring, like uh, slip stitching and joining the ring together to make it. Oh a ring. no, no, I don't no. like doing that. I agree with. I don't like that either. I'll just go into an extra chain stitch that makes it easier, but I don't like magic rings. Okay, <laughs> that's well, my opinion. 
you are unpopular at this table. <laughs> Apparently. So far, all of our unpopular opinions have been popular amongst ourselves. Yeah, not that one. But not that one. Do you want to say hot take? Is that all your? That's all of your. Crochet Those are my crochet ones. ones. I only had two. Um, so, uh, why do people make doilies? Because they're cool. I what cool for what? For decoration. You put it on. Do you have a lot of doilies at your house, lady? I actually do, but I live at my mother's house. Did you house. make them? Yeah. <laughs> Well, but I would display a doily. I think doilies are cool. I would tat a doily because that connects me to my grandmother who was a great tatter. Earrings or tat? What do you have against? No, I don't. A doily. That's what I want to know. It's clutter. Which not like no, I'm okay. against. Okay. No, no, no. Okay. I, okay. Here, here's my take on doilies. Yeah, but it's not. not, like, not, not, not. I don't have clear enough spaces to add that clutter. <laughs> doilies were the first coasters. Oh my God! You're putting. Your teacup or your coffee cup on a tatted doily? Yeah. What kind it's, of monster are you? It's beautiful and That's practical. That's why they make them white so you can bleach them. <laughs> or you get these really beautiful ombre in blues. I have course. always wanted to make a doily because I think it would be fun. I've not done it because it's tiny. <laughs> Remember there was that but one in cool. the bathroom at Anacapa? Yeah. That was so cool. And cool. Lois made that. It was tiny, tiny stitches. When I was making the bottom of this um, thing, this bag with the, <laughs> with the flower pattern, I was reminiscing about how much I, like when I start, first learned to crochet, I really wanted to make a doily. And I just, I should do it because I could. I just have never done it. Do it. You're, you, that's an unpopular opinion at this table. Yeah. I like doilies. <laughs> I like doilies. Oh, I'm unpopular, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have a big doily, like, we used to have a big round coffee table, and the doily was huge, and it, like, like covered the whole top of the coffee table, and I the really table. liked it. Yeah, it's like a tablecloth. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, yeah, and I've got I've got my. It's not my fault you don't have horizontal stains. surfaces <laughs> that, are, that are clear enough to put doilies on. I also do not have those horizontal surfaces, but if I did, I would put a doily on. There you go. Um, and then my doily would get covered in crap. Thank you. <laughs> so just why don't we skip to the crap? Just now nah. put the crap. I like on knowing the there's a doily under there. <laughs> um, to edge or not edge your finished crocheted objects. I don't see the point. Depends on what it is. <laughs> it depends on the stitch. I've met some crocheters who were like, it's not finished if it oh. wasn't edged. Like, well, this real. thing that I just finished does not have an edge, doesn't need one. No. Then the designer didn't have it's, one either. I feel that she's a really good designer. She's so. But this other one that I'm working on that I forgot to talk about earlier, it does have an edge. I feel the same way about borders on quilts. Some quilters say that all like they need to have a border. <laughs> but I don't think that that's true. And so adding a border essentially to like Karen's stripy blanket would change the look of it. Yeah. Here's my feeling about quilts and borders. If I don't have, if I have sashing between my, between my blocks, mm-hmm. then I'll put a border. Okay. If I don't have sashing between the blocks, then putting a border may de- take away from, I mean, if I have sashing, then it's like those blocks are floating. Yeah. But if I don't have sashing between the blocks and right. I want, then having, having a, a border could, um, could take away from that. On the other hand, that's a good, if that's I a good trimmed my block, if I over trimmed, cause I'm told I'm, I have a tendency to over trim my blocks to keep them super square. And then they end up way smaller than the designer usually ever. Then I, then to kind of cheat and get it back up to size, I'll add a border. Mm-hmm. But 
borders are where I learned not to quilt the bejeebers out of things. Well, that's a that's a sewing unpopular opinion we could talk about. Yeah, when we get there. <laughs> Sorry. But okay. Still doing crochet. As these naturally come. Yes. <laughs> uh, those are my, my crochet opinions. <laughs> uh, okay, so I don't have an unpopular opinion, but I was looking up different types of crochet. Because um, I know we usually do, you, when you see patterns, it's UK versus US as far as terms. Because if you try to follow a UK pattern and you only know US terms, you're not going to come out with the same. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, even though it's English, it's like a whole nother language. Yeah, it's uh, two countries divided by a language, right? <laughs> but when I was looking it up, there's German crochet, there's Japanese crochet, there's Lithuanian, there's Spanish. And I wonder how... It's more of an observation or a curiosity, not an unpopular thing. But I always wonder how, like, like when I tried to look up Japanese knitting, there is a different approach to it. But I haven't actually seen any books translated into English that talk Ooh, about. I have a Japanese crochet book. I have a, I mean, I have Wendy Bernard's book of Japanese stitches, but honestly, I don't see what makes them Japanese because. Her stitch dictionary is like any stitch dictionary. It's not necessarily talking about the Japanese approach to, and I right. wanted to get what a Japanese book, because but they're kind of pricey. You have to save up for it. So Japanese knitting is all based on charts, right? Yes, and if you're a visual person like I am, I love it. Japanese oh, modern crochet. Ooh. Wonder. Yeah. Oh, Didn't wonder. you make? You made something. I'm, in I'm this. working on something. It's a really cute book. Um, Hey, there's my key. <laughs> so it's um, Japanese wonder crochet, a creative approach to classic stitches. So I, I mean, they're not different stitches in, in just looking at Japanese knitting mm -hmm. and crochet. It's the same stitches that we're all doing, but just like Japanese quilting is like highly refined and uh -huh. like very attracted to. There's a different approach in, in the methodology of how they make the stitches. I think at least in the, in, in, in hand sewing, there's a different but I haven't observed that in knitting, knitting and crochet. Is knitting. No. Yeah. Okay. But the but the things that are appealing tend to have like a universal thread of that intricacy. Uh -huh. Um and like the like amplifying the simplicity or like um amplifying the design within the stitches maybe. Mm -hmm. Um just like pull that up again. Japanese I know they can't see it but I just want to look yeah, at the Yeah, Japanese cover. um well you can flip through it. Japanese oh quilting they are some of like culturally that is a really intense and precision mm -hmm. quilting um, culture and tiny tiny highly <laughs> yeah, intricate patterns precise. are appealing to um quilts that come out of, of japan so i think that's sort of if you flip through a japanese knitting book um but this crochet book is super fun i'm making a um scrappy squared kind of puff stitch afghan from it mm. someday it'll be finished someday oh i see the difference then is because you're right there's nothing here that really make looks at where i look at it and i go oh that's different that's japanese it's like no you're right most of their information is graphic schematics yeah it can charts, be design illustrations. aesthetic yeah yeah, yeah that's what i think they have I'm a specific aesthetic but yeah. Um, look at pretty much see the one of the things I like about motifs is you get almost this little bit of of fiber art um it's like a picture a usually a round picture that you can't necessarily 
it's not this work the same in, in knitting um, as it does with crochet, but I don't like to make a bunch of motifs and have to sew them together later. So I do like the method where you make a motif and you make a second woof and you join them as you go. Um, their charts are different. Wow. Okay. I like the mandala style afghans because those look really fun to make, mm -hmm. but um, I don't get just making the mandala. I think no. it's adjacent to doilies. <laughs> um, well, any anything else in crochet? Have we burned all our crochet bridges just now? I can't think of any until we stop recording. Then I think I'll probably come up with one. But we can move on to sewing slash quilting, okay. I guess. Uh, you you may go, Katie. Um, I don't care about fabric designers. <laughs> I care about, I mean, as people, sure. But, like, I feel the same way about wearing, like, labels for clothing. Where it's yeah. like, I, I don't really care. If I, I think some people are, like, super devoted to specific designers. And if mm. I like one of their prints, then, yeah, I'll use it. But I'm not going to make an entire quilt or something all with the same designer's fabric just for the sake of using all of the same designer's fabric. Unless the aesthetic works and I like all the color palette together and I like all of the fabrics, mm. but I really don't care about a name or <gasps> a brand. You would mix an Allison glass with a Tula? <laughs> I, I don't, don't even so. know. I don't even know yeah, what that would mean. I'm not but... sure about that, Karen. Or Karen Freelander? <laughs> I, see, I don't know fabric designers apparently either and I've i don't care i've seen you be very drawn to carolyn's fabric just probably organically I, I don't know what that is yeah. she's, she's graphic um a lot of those hills lots of herby oh, okay yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the boob hills Her yes they look like it depends on if you put it right side up or upside down she, and then i've seen like a few others yeah she did, she, i like her okay then i like her aesthetic but so I, you didn't I, know. I don't know who that was you didn't know yeah <laughs> Um, I think the one that stands out to me is Tula Pink because she's such a like cult of personality, really. Yeah. Um, and she does a really good job of marketing and persistently presenting her brand mm -hmm. as her mm -hmm. thing. But yeah, generally, I don't care. Sometimes I feel about Tula Pink the way I feel about Stephen West. <laughs> okay. Sometimes I like her stuff. Sometimes oh, yeah. I'm sort of, eh, doesn't appeal to me. That's you know, okay. That's okay. It's a lot that's what, yeah, but, I feel but you know how some people are about Stephen West. Everything. Exactly. Next pattern. Next pattern. Next pattern. One it's of like, my unpopular knitting opinions was about Stephen West. <laughs> <laughs> so I understand. Yeah. I mean, I stopped doing. Wait, was that kind of kids. Did we do those yet? No, yeah, we, we did knitting, but but yeah, we started with knitting. Yeah, yeah. but did you express that opinion? No, no, I had forgot. a couple I didn't oh, okay. talk about, but <laughs> that was one of them that I did not express. Mm, got but it. Now you know. <laughs> so. No, I mean like I like I like Tula Pink. I like her design aesthetic. I find I can find it pretty jarring when people make like a hundred percent Tula Pink yes. quilts. You know yes. where it's like all in the same color palette. Like it kind of hurts my eyes a little bit. So I like like mixing and matching. I like like one of her fabrics is like a focus, but some people will like like are very, you know. I like what Anne says. Your eye needs a place to rest. And yeah. some <laughs> now and some of her blenders are helpful, but there's still she fills every space. Yeah, like I've even seen, if like, it's really subtle and it looks like a blender, there's still a yeah. lot I've, of. Okay. I've seen like stack and whack kaleidoscope quilts all in tulip pink, and it's like my eyes are gonna bug out of my head. <laughs> um, yeah, she designed her most recent line of fabric to appeal to the motif quilter. Mm -hmm. And I want to make clothing out of her fabric. Uh -huh. 
Mm-hmm. And so oh, there's yeah. like this rose that I really like that they're only dripping from sal- one salvage to the other. Oh, I bought that one. Yeah. Why? Well, it would be the one. How do I how do plan you use that? Yeah. my yardage that way? Because normal layout would be yeah, is the way. other way. And I, I like, I'm going to have to know the dress really well, whatever yeah. I make so out that of you can it. So I know that. how the layout would work mm. with it. And I don't know what dress that's going to be. And it'll be out of print by the time I get back to that idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I will and that'll be okay. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I will say the only designer whose fabric line I have cared about is Anna Graham, who's Noodlehead, because mm-hmm. I love all yeah. of her patterns. Yeah. And then she designed um, Forage is her pattern, is her fabric collection. And I think she's done at least two by now. And I is I've, that the one that's in Essex linen? Yeah. Oh and yeah. I See, really I love like. that. Stuff. And I've bought many of them because I really like her Something designs. But that I find happening is um, there are some artists that take their art to fabric design, and mm-hmm. then I'm really excited about like, yeah, that's like Juicy Juice does that. Um, I think I'm thinking of Helen Dardick, who's an mm-hmm. illustrator that I follow on Instagram, and mm-hmm. she has quite a few cute, cute prints. That's um, cool that I've been excited. I'm like, I just saw you showing me that piece of artwork in your feed and I now I'm seeing it at the fabric And then you store, can wear it. a whole dress out yeah, of it. Wearable cool. art is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've organically kind of fallen for that times. Mm-hmm. Well. Any other sewing? That was, I think, I have the only one I wrote down. Post. Might be controversial. Good. <laughs> I think we should. The more, I think we the should, better. I think we should vote after each one if it's. <laughs> Unpopular or popular? So <laughs> this is stills with garment, and so yeah, yeah I know. She's and making, <laughs> trying to make eye contact. I'm <laughs> looking away from her. Okay, what? <laughs> when making darts, is it really important to tie the ends at the end, or can you just back tack at the tip? <laughs> so, do you think that I am choosing the easy way, or do you think I take the time-consuming, thoughtful way? Which one, Karen? I don't know because sometimes you surprise me. I've been sewing for 30 years. Backtack, baby, right? Tie the knot. I don't know what you're That's... talking about. Tie the knot. <laughs> I don't know what you're See, talking about. you surprised me. Uh-huh. The easy what do way... you do, Karen? I backtack. Uh-huh. All it's right, easy. Cool. Um, I don't know what you're talking okay. about. <laughs> okay. When you when you're taking in like like when it's a bus dart or it could be at the waist I have or done something. Bus dart. Yes. Uh-huh. So and you and you go from the from the wide end down to the tip, right? Okay. Yes. You're technically, technically. I sort of been starting at the you're tip. Su- and you're supposed you're supposed to um, tie a double knot. Tie a double knot at, at the bus point side. At the bus point. Why? Because you'll never ever. This is more important in like negligee. Like thing. you finish the seam, you just sew off the edge, and yes. then you tie your ends together. Yes. Yeah. Why? Because you can never sew exactly back on that line and yeah. so it creates and, and bulk, it'll it'll it, bulk and, and it, it puckers can, a little bit yeah it doesn't like this so okay. if you tie the knot which just takes seconds extra um see but the easy way is back tack <laughs> yeah but tie the knot <laughs> i mean karen try it, it. is easier just to just I, I i i get the concept of but try it next time to just sew off dart. and just yeah. tie them yeah Okay. Try it next time. It doesn't seem hard. It's, but it, it is more. It's just a step thoughtful. I have to remember to do. Yeah, it's like a mindful like choice. I have to go. Yeah. Um, and since I am being more mindful in my garment it, sewing, I'm more likely dart. to do it. But. Yeah. Yeah. Tie it. Press that dart. 
see what you think of the difference. It's nuanced. Okay. It's very nuanced. But, but with but if you backtack badly, that's not nuanced. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> because I'm all about fast and dirty. So I, that's I'm, what I'm I thought happy I, I surprised so, you. <laughs> so I'm like, wait a minute. I'm very confused. I was pretty sure she would be I like this me. Was a trap where you're going to be like, oh no, the only way, right way is to tie it in. Look at you, fast and dirty again. Um, I had a feeling you would say tie it though. That's why I'm like, <laughs> well, I, because I thought this is. I'm, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't want to self-diagnose with something I don't understand, but I'm sure I have oppositional defiance. Oh. <laughs> and here's a question for Katie. Okay. Labels on quilts. Are they really she necessary? Are they necessary? Oh, necessary is different. I. It depends on the quilt. Are if they helpful? A, if it's a gift, then yes, I think it's nice. Um, I know people talk about like... I, I, like my grandma, will put a label on every single quilt, even if it's for herself, mm -hmm. which I understand the point of because it's like, well, maybe, you know, after like I die, someone will know who made it. I'm like, sure. But I'm like, chances are your family's going to be the one that has the quilt and is going to remember it. If you're giving it as a gift, I think it's nice as like a, like I have a quilt my grandma made for me for my wedding and it says like, congratulations, you know, the date from grandma and grandpa. And I really appreciate that. But if I'm like in both of these quilts the big wedding quilt has a label and the baby one will have a label the other baby quilt has a label um i think it's important if it's a gift but if it's for myself i don't label them did you figure out what pen to use i used a sharpie yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. don't tell anybody don't tell anybody <laughs> this is, I, did, I researched it because i was like i've used sharpies before and it the label still i've washed it and half of the internet says that's okay and half of it doesn't says it's not so i'm just gonna do it yep Yep. Sometimes you just got to use your own experience. I also didn't want to go buy anything. <laughs> yep. Ding, ding. So I used a Sharpie. Um, <laughs> hey, so you're putting a label on there anyway. You're going an extra step. That's good enough. <laughs> have you thought about using your letters to stitch it? I've done that, that before, but it's not very neat. Oh. Um, I did that on the uh, green baby quilt that I made. The one that I finished last mm -hmm. month, I used my letters on my machine that it stitches but it's not super oh neat she's got a fancy machine i've had two machines that do that and i've never used it on either machine. it's <laughs> fun and it's not hard to do but it doesn't look super neat and tidy um because it's not an embroidery machine i will ah. speak through with my mom's voice for a moment um about because she mm. labels every single quilt right. as well and this might be your grandma's well and maybe not because my mom really views her quilt as her quilting as her art as a right. fiber artist so as an artist every so artist signature signs sure. their work so okay. she she treats it as signing her art and she labels every single quilt perhaps she does like a big donation every winter to um like a, a baby shower and um i don't know if she labels those she might not label those but every single other quilt for herself yep. for a wall hanging for gifts she labels because she sees that as her art and it's nice for quilts um like if you're ever going to have a quilt um valued it's nice to have that um mm -hmm. what's that called the when you can like follow the line of where it came from right the um i know yeah you but yeah. the quality of my quilting is not good enough to be <laughs> you don't know that like i mean do you really think the women who are making quilts and you know the turn of each century in, in the american yeah. frontier were um just trying to keep their families warm and add That's a little true. beauty there to is, their right. world there is a so, historical thing for that are priceless you yeah. know part of you me never know part of me worries that it's like the thank you note the, it, you know writing it is like certain things 
make it obligatory to do a thank you note. Whereas I feel like a simple, a heartfelt thank you spoken should be enough. I also think that it is easy to devalue your own art. Yeah. So if I don't view my quilting as art because I just, I don't do anything that fancy, Mm -hmm. but it's a beautiful thing that I made and I can say it's a beautiful thing that I made. It wasn't as hard or as difficult as like a beautiful quilt I've seen at a quilt show or something. So I don't consider it art, but somebody else might. The one you made for a gift. That's yeah. Quilt show, oh yeah. Another one. Yeah. The quilting's not great. I wouldn't look that close at it. But the 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 fact, yeah, it's. I think it's easy to to dev- to devalue your, yes. yourself. Absolutely. I'm looking at your quilting, Absolutely. and I think it's really beautiful because you did not over. You didn't. There's enough. The enough of the puffiness is yeah. still alive in so it. So that's I guess something else we could talk about, which we've touched on, is over quilting. Yeah. Some quilters will quilt the hell out of the quilt. Which I can understand if you really love the quilting aspect of it. It can be fun, you know, to do that. I don't love the quilting part of making a quilt. It's not my favorite part of the process. So I try and get through it as fast as I can. But I also don't like the feeling of a really, really heavily quilted quilt. Yes. Yeah. The I like I like a puffy, comfy quilt. (laughs) Yeah, the quilt that I made for my husband is not as puffy as the one I finally made for myself because I learned not to over quilt it. Yeah. His has got so much stitching. It's, it's condensed. Stiff. Yeah. And, and, and it is kind of stiff. I mean, it, we're hoping that time and a lot of washing will soften it. (laughs) Yeah. But it's been a couple years and it hasn't happened. A few years now. Hasn't happened. I usually will make a quilt top no batting with fleece on the back and just lightly quilt it. And they're the comfiest quilts because yeah. they're really drapey and they're not heavy because we live in Southern California and you don't need a quilt for warmth usually. <laughs> no, it's comfort. So, um, Cause my understanding historically of why quilting is a thing uh-huh. is that batting, there's a name for the, in modern batting, um, the layer of the batting that keeps it all together mm-hmm. and they didn't have that <laughs> right mm-hmm. so it was more important so you were quilting you know to keep the layers together to keep the layers together yeah. and we don't so you didn't get have... lump like you didn't wash it and get it all lumpy yeah. where it shifts if you've ever had a pillow that shifted yeah. being yeah. in the modern world we don't have the it'll need stay the way to that keep it is. the batting together right <laughs> so... i've learned that a lot of the things that i have learned from older generations of people that I were I was told our rules are not actually rules. Right? They're not <laughs> my I love my grandma dearly oh. and I don't know if she listens. If you do grandma, <laughs> I love you dearly. Yep. But there are some things that she taught me as absolute hard and fast rules about quilting that I was like, but I don't I don't know actually. Like she taught me how to bind a quilt. So you never sew like she taught me how to like you sew hand, it on the front and then bind. hand stitch it on the back. Every one of her quilts has been hand stitched. Like the binding has been stitched. It does look a little better, me, but it's a lot of work. The, she made me do it that way, and then I remember asking her. I was like, "Can you teach me, please, how to not do it this <laughs> way?" And so I never do that anymore. I found a way that I really, really like to do it. My cousin, who learned from the same grandma, was like, "Can you teach me how to sew it on with the machine?" Because grandma <laughs> taught me to do it by hand, and I really hate doing it that way. And I was like, "Yes, I will show you how to do it that way." So. Rules I don't think are rules. Yeah. Everybody Some rules, has. I mean, I say that we were just yelling about how did it <laughs> I guess we're not super consistent. Look, you were not disintegrating the atoms that make up the earth with this <laughs> idea. Right. I guess that's true. 
so I learned the hard way that that beautiful quilting with that you that you load up on there looks beautiful until you wash it. Well, and then everywhere, yeah. Well, no, but what happens is yeah, all the puckers completely take away with all the beautiful yeah. patterning you laid in. You wash a quilt, it gets all wrinkly, and then that's what it looks like. Okay. Now, you can't see it. Okay. Now I washing this last one that I'm I've worked on, I wash the fabric first mm. so that when I go to do the quilting, it will not be as crinkly. That's but also, I'm not going to over quilt it because it will at some point get crinkly yeah, eventually. Yeah. And then all the cotton always shrinks a little because bit it's, more. Because nothing's more disappointing than to lay all those beautiful patterns and then... Yeah, but I don't think a quilt looks like a quilt if it's nice and flat. I think it needs to be a little poofy no, wrinkly. I agree. It needs to be poofy and wrinkly. But if you over quilt it, all those beautiful stitching lines and designs you put in are lost. It's like knitting a really complicated pattern with a multicolor yarn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If it's a really basic pattern, you know, if it's a, you know, a big graphic block where you have a lot of room for quilting designs, then go for it. But if it's a really intricate, like quilting block or really tiny pieces, then like, what's the point? Yep. What's the point? Um, that your comment about pre-washing your fabric, what do you guys think? Pre-wash or don't pre-wash? I don't pre-wash for quilts. Because it's cotton and I know it will shrink, at, you know. At no matter same, what you do. It's going to, and if I'm putting different things together, it's probably fine. Especially if it's been quilted because it's going to hold together. For a garment, I will pre-wash. Yeah, you got to, I think you got to treat the fabric the way you're going to I care I probably for it. should pre-wash all of my fabric like some people do, but I don't. Well, it's so pre-cut pe- Pre-cut that. pieces. You can't do that exactly. and they're not pre-washed. I know people that do that and then they are, they you lose. Just so. turn to shreds. Oh god! Yeah, shreds. Like jelly that roll? sounds no. like oh my yeah, that's like the seventh layer of hell. Yeah, no. Yeah, and I've also no. never made a quilt with pre-cuts that has done anything bad. Well, yeah. I think so. there's something to say about like if you're gonna do one thing, do it consistently. Like yeah. if you're not a pre-washer, don't pre-wash don't, anything. Don't pre-wash anything. <laughs> I read somewhere once because I use a lot of fleece as quilt backings that fleece doesn't really shrink. No, so yeah. I don't pre-wash that i don't pre-wash my fabric i just make it and there you go um i've been trying really consistently to pre-wash my garment fabric a lot lately because i i put it on my instagram i pre-wash four different colors of kona and they all shrank at different rates yeah (gasps) And, and one was like very significant like lost at least two inches across the whole um you've got a really nifty trick for that the the, to minimize um i think i picked this up from tabitha sower um that you should um surge the ends or zigzag the ends and that makes a big difference in um when you pull it out of the wash you haven't lost like a ton off each end because of the strings i've done that for like essex linen because i know that's gonna gonna shred i was bold this weekend and i um because i was combining a pre-washed cotton with um one i just bought on saturday night and uh, i didn't have time to do Mm -hmm. that so i threw them all in the wash and I guess if you don't overload the load, that would be like another helpful yeah, I thing. Guess. <laughs> I only had four pieces of like three yards each. So uh, I had room to kind of relax and yeah, not yeah. panic. Uh, I love when you pull it, it out of the so washer bad. and it's in one big lump. Oh, God. It around That's what the jelly roll monster yeah, would be exactly. like. <laughs> I can I'm going to have a nightmare tonight. About it, it, every, every single piece would need its own little laundry, like laundry bag. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I love 
bad idea. You like, need 42 now, lingerie bags. Now I, you, sh- you should be pre-washing your jelly rolls. Yeah. No, that's a lie. That Don't listen to that. <laughs> see how that works for you. Um, She's kidding, folks. She's kidding. <laughs> Don't do it. Okay. Are jelly rolls a ripoff for yes. yardage? Yes. Yeah. I mean, you're paying. No, you're, you're paying, paying for, for the convenience of of someone curating lots of fabrics for you and for cutting you. it for you. They're yeah. expensive, though. So is that worth twice the cost of the yard? <laughs> but Jenny from Missouri Star Quilt Company is the one who who came up with that. A so jelly, that jelly the gel, yeah, precuts are uh, are a more modern thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I love a precut, but they are expensive. Yeah. Oh yeah. I like finding them on sale or at I Tuesday wouldn't morning. call them a ripoff. Because there is something to be said about not having to do all the work to curate all the, you know, because yeah. typically, although typically a jelly roll is just one of each in a fabric line. Maybe two. Yeah. You know, it's not like they're picking and choosing from lots of different yeah, fabric no, lines. Yeah, no, they just gave you the whole fabric line. Right. Yeah. Which but, is cool. But... Okay, that meant that I didn't have to go and pick out 10 to 12 fabrics with on, yeah. on my arms and have someone cut it for yeah, me. Yeah, I understand. But that's, there's a lot of charm in overloading a basket and a fabric store and taking it up sure. and then spending two hours at the cutting table. Waiting for them to cut it You get to know your cutter at the fabric store and no. I pre-order it. It's super buzzy and she tells me when it's ready. <laughs> um, I do think it's worth the convenience. Yeah. But, but come on now. Like it is expensive. Oh, yeah. Forty dollars. Yeah. <laughs> for what for do you forty think? Two and a half a dollar strip. <laughs> Maybe three yards, not even two and a half yards. I'll bet on average. Uh, yeah, I'd have to do the math. It's if if it's eighty. No, they're two and a, a half little over two wide, yards. and they're forty-two strips in a roll. Sometimes only sometimes is, only forty. So it's yeah. which, three. I'm always three yards. Two it's yards. two points like yeah. nine. So you're paying about fifteen dollars a yard for something you might spend twelve to like ten to twelve per yard. Yeah. But the labor of having it pre cut and they curated use machines that's for that. Yeah. Those are like that's laser true. cut or die cut. Uh, that's mm-hmm. true. Yeah, so I'm not that impressed with the work. That's true because But I appreciate just, that it's not work I have to do. Exactly. Yeah. Like I do appreciate that. Um do, do you know how Super Buzzy will do custom die cuts for you of like a ton of fabric? Hmm. Kinda I did cool. not know that. I can't see a reason I, I need it because I don't quilt that much, but it's pretty cool. <laughs> I know they did that for like if you had triangles or hexes or yeah. other kind of yeah. things. Yeah. Like if you're doing other kind of piecing. But Well, we should yeah. wrap this up. Any okay. other pressing? Uh, Karen had an opinion about something that confounds me. So I'm just going to bring this last one up. Okay. Which, okay. Is, which was what? What is your magic way to make your half square triangles? Because a lot of them end your blocks up being on the bias instead of on the grain. And that just makes my garment sewing brain explode. Yeah. You said you had an opinion. Oh, I forgot it. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh I, okay. I tend to do. I, say, I already okay. told you the way I did it. I don't know why you're looking at me. I tend to do those kind of things. If I have to do triangles like that, um, I either super starch ahead of time. Oh, but starch washes out. No, but. When you starch your fabrics before you cut it, the uh-huh. cut is cleaner and it helps hold that bias from stretching. When um, you sew it. But when what you about sew it. When it exists. 
I think you're concerned about something that's not a concern in quilting Mm-mm. as much as it is in garment sewing because, because the pieces are so small and they're juxtaposed against pieces that aren't necessarily I, also on the bias. When I, when I yeah, put, but if you made that no, whole no. quilt in some diff, in certain constructions of bias, uh-huh. I do the magic. I understand. Yeah, yeah. I'll put the squares mm-hmm. together and do two at a time. Mm-hmm. because that is more stable than buying making a lot of i will not do lots of triangles unless i'm doing it on paper like paper piecing where the paper stabilizes the bias but trying to i've i've accident i tried to do a crazy quilt and i knew nothing about quilting and it is crazy because it puckers all over the place because i didn't know about angles and bias um but it so if i have to do wait were you free piecing a crazy was, quilt yeah you always have to foundation a crazy quilt <laughs> like I, a foundation okay. fabric is usually here's something that's really gonna really mess up with your mind i was piecing it next to old flannel sheets that i'd cut up oh that's fine no yeah. no these are all used sheets <laughs> i still think fabric. that's fine that's what quilts are made of used okay. fabrics yeah. like the quilts at your. No, I'm not talking gating. backing. I'm talking no, I mixing cottons with with. Oh, there's okay. nothing, especially in a crazy quilt. That's where it gets its name. <laughs> oh yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, nope, no, you no, failed so, to offend me. <laughs> so I will do the two at a time, where at least this, it's not when it's being sewn, it's being it's not being sewn on a bias. Well, it is it's being, being sewn on a bias. I mean, yeah, no. Is like it, Katie but, but, described as the two at a time, but when her blocks were done, the block, the edges of the blocks, blocks are, yeah, are on grain, the grain, on grain. Oh. It's not when just... you cut them like sideways and then the edges of the blocks are, are biased. biased. Yeah. So it's not just the edges that matter. It's the like, it's the way the fabric. To me, a lot of it has to do with the pressing. When you open it up and you Anne's press it. And concerned about after the fact. Yeah, like when you have this quilt finished and it's all biased. Oh, see, I would have to finish more things and wash them to find out if it's going to... Okay, because all I can imagine but, but, is like a bias dress. But the quilting holds... But it's okay, quilted but, onto but, a yeah. solid backing that yeah. is on the grain. That is on the grain. And That's so what I'm saying. I don't quilting, think it's as big of a deal as you think it is. Because the quilting mm. stabilizes. Think about that free motion. So it's maybe going, you should quilt the hell out of it. Free motion is... That, it's, maybe it's that, yeah. ...based... Yeah. block then yes i would quilt it more there you go all right i mean and if i make a mistake we'll i'm just gonna so add more things <laughs> when i make a mistake i just add more quilting yeah okay just, yeah. Yeah. yeah like case that's it add more colors yep you don't think your colors go oh. together add oh. more add, no Throw okay in one more. oh yeah maybe that. not <laughs> yeah oh i i don't really there's like a man his design aesthetic but i love that idea his there's a, a man who who i need i can't follow all his fat there's a guy whose fabrics lines i don't adhere all the way to because no because some of them are just butt ugly. no yeah. <laughs> i mean let's just I say understand. it yeah it's just too some much psychedelia oh i don't mind that some of them are like gorgeous but some of the color combos them. are yeah. like Ugh. yeah some i don't mind don't work together i don't mind the color combos if i have a solid near it to rest but when you have print on print on print on print I'm just like, I'm so tired. And I've only looked at it for five so minutes. I'm so tired. <laughs> That's what I want to finish object to make you feel. I'm so tired. Well, I think right. we have successfully yeah. That's um, enough. expressed End our unpopular laugh. opinions. Yeah. Um, well, any... And they're only our opinions. Yes. yes. Well said. Grain of salt, right? Yes. Um, A bag of salt. Sprinkle it everywhere. <laughs> Do we have sessions to talk about? 
question. Oh, Karen has finally. one. You can go first. Yeah. Let's do it. Usually it's like, uh. Fake doctors, real friends podcast. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Okay. Oh, wait. It's Scrubs, right? It's Scrubs. Yes, that is a very good podcast. Kevin listens to it more than me, but yeah, it's good. And they, their most recent one, they had Sarah, who, is, who played Elliot. On yeah. there. Okay, so I did not know. You're a first name basis. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did not catch on because when I first started watching Firefly Lane, I didn't know who she was. Oh. The she plays on She's second Becky. <laughs> from, you know, Roseanne years. She was on Roseanne? Yeah, she played the second Becky. And then when they brought it back, oh. um they have like a, they honor that by giving so her So she's a, role. a child actress no probably teens teen yeah interesting yeah so i anyway carry on because we discovered scrubs we love scrubs um wait this is new to you you're so lucky i know well i'm so happy for you i know we're 20 20, (laughs) see 20 years later skip the end season skip it um so now i'm still now i'm going back and watching firefly lane because now i'm like oh it's elliot See, I don't like uh, what's her face, Catherine Heigl. I don't like her either. Mm-hmm. So I was skipping Firefly Lane because I, I don't like Catherine Heigl. I don't like Catherine Heigl, but I ignore her part and I, I do, just I do like and, Sarah. And I like Sarah. Yeah. I like the actress who's, who's. I can't think of her last name either. So. No. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, it's. I just think it's hysterical that Jeff. What's his? Oh, I'm horrible. These names. I know Jeff, Donald. What's his name for what? Don. Yeah. Okay. I'll, yeah. Whatever. I knew somebody went to school Jeff with him. and Donald. And Donald has six kids. See? Like, where do these people have to? Well, he's been acting for a long time and pretty successful at it. Faison. Donald Faison. Donald, Donald yeah. Faison. They, Who is cute. The previous, uh, la- earlier, last week. That's um, last Clueless, week. right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's so cute in I that know. movie. With his braces. <laughs> you got to watch the, listen to the episode from last week because they drive all around hollywood and they visit places that they first lived where they first moved there and places where they tried to where they they talk about all the different projects they've worked on while they while living in hollywood like Mm. donald talks about how when he he couldn't wait to to get there and live in hollywood with all the big stars and then he realized nobody who's big lives in hollywood (laughs) (laughs) only the poor people who are around the the poor actors who just get there who can't afford to live elsewhere (laughs) live there Anyway, so Wait, does yeah. that mean he lives in Santa Clarita? Because that's where a lot of them live. Ah, poss- possibly. <laughs> and stalking Donald Faison. Hmm. Um, yeah, I knew somebody who went to high school with him who works in the industry. She had some fun stories about him in high school. I can't remember any of them. I just remember that detail. <laughs> that she had high school tea to spill on him. So that that would be my thing is the the fake doctor's real friends podcast my heart is so full that you're like watching scrubs for the first time (laughs) um katie um i have two um the first one is james and i every night we'll sit down and watch one episode of something with gordon ramsay in it (laughs) (laughs) that's been a whole that's yeah, that's the kitchen that guy, right? So yeah. we started with Hell's Kitchen. James was watching it on his own, which I'd never really watched. And I was sort of like in and out while he was watching an episode. And I was like, this is so cheesy and dumb. But then it I like sat down. Stressful. Hell's it's Kitchen so, seems so it stressful. It is stressful, but it's very fun. Okay. So we were watching Hell's Kitchen, but yes, it is stressful. So then we switched to Kitchen Nightmares. Yes, we've been watching that Which a lot. is less stressful. Yes. And it is also very fun. Very formulaic. 
Oh, I love, but I love it. Yeah, he also you know, has like, a show. How it's gonna go. Yep, he has a show called Hotel Hell, which is harder <laughs> to find, and I don't, I can't find it streaming anywhere. But it's the same concept as Hell's Kitchen, where he like goes and stays at a hotel, and it's like, oh, this bed is dirty, whatever. And they teach like the food's horrible, whatever. But it's just so wholesome because he's so mean, but then you get like little like snippets of him being nice to people and it just warms my little heart. <laughs> and also he's like such a troll. Especially <laughs> on like on Hell's Kitchen, he'll like do these challenges and like fake people out and you can tell just by the look on his face that he's like so thoroughly enjoying messing with these people. <laughs> it's so fun to watch. So. I I it's been a slow warming to Gordon Ramsay, but yes. um I, I think he's adorable. He's very and fun. I, I'm really enjoying Kitchen Nightmares. Um the they watch it a lot without me at home. So uh-huh. the one I caught most recently, do you guys remember that crazy bake? like yes amy yeah yes, that's the best episode <laughs> so amy's yeah. baking company and then, oh, but then the, the next season when they come back they and they're trying it. to like have a, a web redemption for them yep. <laughs> and they're just like amped up even they're more horrible people that is such a good episode <laughs> gordon ramsay's like here's the footage we wait, wait. didn't show you guys which yeah. show was it um kitchen, kitchen nightmares, nightmares. Kitchen nightmares. Yeah. That kitchen nightmares. is that the company. one where they try to help people yes. abc yes. to yes. be to be less nightmarish. Yeah, like, like they your go in, your restaurant's gross, or yeah. your food is gross, or yeah. you need help with whatever. You need to like refresh, they redecorate you need to it, clean. Yeah. You need to da 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 da. But this lady is just insane, yes. and her husband is like the biggest like uh, like instigator. <laughs> slash, I'm gonna like, look it up he, just for that. Like episode. she's not good at cooking. So no, the so she has a bakery. Com- well, her bake- she's good at baking. Good, yeah. Oh, but she's okay. also she's a the chef. chef. Yeah. So oh. the people's are like, my hamburger is gross, and then he gives it to the husband, and he's like, don't you insult my wife's food? Get the hell out of here! And nobody tells the lady that she's doing a bad job, so she thinks she's like the is the best. Being mean when they review her, even exactly. though they like but, scoop a raw meat on But most fun. bakers will say that they're not chefs, and most chefs well, don't. She will say she's both. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of chefs hate dessert. Yeah. They they wanted they hate trying to make dessert well, because usually, that's not yeah, their thing. It's a whole different. It's a whole I don't wanna, different type it's a of different set of chemistry. Yeah. Then I don't want to spoil what happens in the episode because it's so satisfying. <laughs> but that is oh, a good episode. Yeah. So um, My, our favorite thing is we watch an episode and then at the end we Google it to see if the restaurant's ooh, still open or not. That's good. The majority of them are not. That, but also they're like ten years old. Right. Exactly. Old. It's like a ten uh, year. Especially there was an after episode this. at the Greek in Ventura. Yeah. I haven't seen that. They're one still yet. open. Yeah. I think they have new owners, but. I think yeah, <laughs> it didn't help the people who owned it at the time with yes. the scuttlebutt I've heard around but it town. It's very fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. um, the thing I love uh, about Gordon Ramsay is a uh, side by side of how he speaks to adults yes. versus how, how he, he speaks, speaks to, to children. He also does Master so, Chef Junior. Yeah, it's that so looks adorable. He's it's so very wholesome. Sweet with kids. You and can he's tell, really, like fostering a love of cooking yeah. with them. It's lovely. You can well, tell how I, awful it'd be if he's just there to destroy their dreams. Well, he is a monster <laughs> to adults, but True. mostly adults okay, deserve it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he's he's, re- he's a really good judge of character. because yes. he will just rip the people to shreds but then like he can tell the people that like actually need help versus need to be yelled yes. at like he's super kind to yes. the wait staff yes. like like in that amy's baking episode, oh my god <laughs> they give like if you eat at this restaurant you leave a tip on the table the, the owner takes the tip and doesn't give it to the waitresses what and so gordon Ramsay they... like hands her a bill it's like it's probably a hundred or something i know he like took waitress. it out of his he's little like, pocket yeah you. and oh i'm like god. oh gordon okay because you know that Okay, if you go to a restaurant, you 
Uh, you get taxed on what your tips should have been, whether you got it or not. Well, they were being paid hourly. No, what I'm, no, no. What I'm saying is because I had uh, I had a roommate. What? Yeah. No, you get taxed on the value of the food. You get t- if you're a wait waiter or waitress. Oh, I see. You the get employee. Ta- the okay. employee gets taxed on what their tips should have been, whether they actually received it or not. But she's not in the same, like they were being paid as hourly workers. They weren't being paid as like, no, no, I'm saying, yeah, you get your hourly wage. But if when you, the IRS, if it audits the restaurant, they keep track of what tables you Mm -hmm. served and how much money those tables came in. And they expect that you would have gotten tips based on a percentage of those at least mm. that's how it used to be in, in yeah ca- but i think if you're if they tell you they're not tipping the out the weight stuff that the irs wouldn't that be wouldn't considering that. that it doesn't matter but it, it was yeah. it's it's watch. It's <laughs> okay i really my favorite interaction with him so that's yeah. where i last watched it you're probably further than me but um as far as pastry chefs uh-huh i think her name was sharon okay like he goes into this italian restaurant <laughs> um and she's the pace this gorgeous woman like she's just fantastic because she's like full huge smile full of just life and she is flirting so heavily and openly <laughs> and the only thing he liked that he ate was her carrot cake uh-huh <laughs> and, i don't know if i've seen this episode oh, i'm gonna have to look it up it's, it's early it's early on share an episode um, and Event, it ends up that the restaurant, like, I think it does close, and he uh-huh. has to, like, go find the baker, she, yeah. and she has her own thing going somewhere else. Oh! This does sound actually very familiar yes. to me. Okay. And yes. It's just, she is so, like, un- Every woman un- loves unabashedly flirting love, with Gordon Ramsay. He, he, I, like, swoon because he'll, like, call people my darling. I know! Which is, like, I know that's just how British people talk, but I'm, like, if Gordon Ramsay yelled oh. at me and then called me my darling, I would fall on the floor and face. <laughs> so, as with every episode, I'm, like, I want Gordon Ramsay to yell at me, and then I want him to give me a hug. <laughs> oh, which he won. I know! Really, I love him. He really cares about people growing and changing and being better. Because wouldn't that be better to, than to have him ignore you? Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, um... I was Googling, like, his family and stuff mm-hmm. while um, we were watching, and I, it said something about 27 when I Googled his wife, or something like that. Oh, no. And I was like, no. this is disgusting. His wife is 27, no. and married, I think they have, no, like, ma- six kids. Married, oh, my God. Maybe married 27 yeah, years? Yeah, they've been married for yeah, a, they've long, been married a long, long time. time. They have She's children. She's gorgeous. The kids are yes. a little bit, they're in their early 20s. Yeah. But he has a little boy, like, yes. who's, like, a yeah. toddler. Who's the spitting image of him? Oh, There's a second Gordon Ramsay running so around cute. like Calabasas, my baby Ramsay. Oh my god, I love him. Um, I'm not going to talk about my second obsession because we've talked in the both about no. this one. I'll save it for next time. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, I've got a boring obsession, which is dog training videos and tips. So oh, okay. <laughs> helpful. Yeah, these dogs are good, but they need a lot of training, and I'm not like I've never had a. I've never participated in having a well-trained dog, mm. so I'm all about that this time around. Nice. Well, that was a fun episode. We went a little longer today, but what else is new? <laughs> longer than the lucky? two hours. Two Aren't hours and lucky? 17 minutes. Um, wow, is that a new record? I, I actually have no idea. If you are a listener and know, because you probably would know. <laughs> we have grown late. <laughs> know. It has gotten longer and longer every This is a quality episode. No, You're welcome good. for the not- <laughs> Okay, well, um, we will see you next month. Um, there's new classes on our website, so go check them out and a new book coming later this month 
And other than that, we will see you next month, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.